Do I sound okay? You sound awesome. Cool. I'm back. I'm back. I haven't sat at this table in two weeks. I've been uh, on the road for two weeks. Yeah, I'm aware. I'll, I'll watch the show. How does it feel to be back home? Feels great. I, I'm. I'm. I've spent too much time on the beach. I'm a minute late. I'm like, I've. I, I've just gotten too casual. You're on beach time. Yeah, I am on beach time. Thanks good for you. Thanks for doing this. You're welcome, man. Thanks for uh, having this kind of showcasing of affiliates. I think that's real cool. Yeah, I'm having a blast doing it. It's um. Uh, before we start, Nicholas Sellers, uh, Thomasville CrossFit. Yeah. Established in 2012. Now I'm yep. reading. I gotcha. We're a strong community that believes in hard work and commitment. Hmm. Hmm. Just like, just spoken like a true CrossFitter. Keep it simple. Uh, I can't, I can't remember why this actually started. What, why it was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to talk to a, a, just a gang load of affiliates. I can't remember what inspired it. Oh, I remember the episode that you did where you kind of were coming onto it. And I kind of think I say there's this, the one that you might've had the idea with, but, uh, you've probably had this kind of idea for a long time, right? I mean, you're all about the affiliates. You, you did something like this a while back too, if I'm not mistaken, where you had a bunch of affiliates, this is years ago, probably six years ago. Yeah. You had a bunch of affiliate owners kind of do the video and, uh, try to, try to win, Maybe just win some stuff for the gym or showcase. Oh yeah, or yeah, like yeah. That. That's right. That's I, I. I do remember that, but but I can't remember this time what made me think there was something that we did a few weeks ago, and I just remember Susan and I going shoot. It would be cool to try to. The, the irony is, is I want to move away from doing so much crossfit <clears throat> stuff, and at the same time, I'm just like screw it. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna interview one affiliate every week for 52 weeks, and and, and kind of just see what happens. See what the. Uh, I know people who watch the show will start putting something together, something that I miss or or maybe I don't miss, but either way, they'll start becoming some common themes, some common ideas, or maybe this thing will just end up living as a, as a resource for affiliates, you know, uh, moving forward. Yeah, it might. I think your show is kind of, what would you say, like a, an eclectic blend of all kinds of cool stuff, you know, whether it's UFC, other sports. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, this is stuff that you're into. That's cool. When I did the show for um, CrossFit, there was there was this one response we got from the affiliates that I was tripping on because I never ever expected it. They said, you know, there was very there was very, um, I don't, know, I, I guess I can say it. There was very little communication from HQ to the affiliates. We, um, Greg refused to spam them. He was really adamant about never sending the affiliates an email unless it was like crazy, crazy specific. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. He never Leave wanted to spam them. He only wanted to send stuff to people's inbox that added value. He never wanted to ask anything of the affiliates. He didn't want to sell them anything. Like he was pretty, he didn't even like it. Like in the journal, if we showed a video of like a level one seminar, we wanted to put a little button there um, on the side of the video or in the journal that said, Hey, if you want to attend a level one, click here. And he'd be like, no, no. That's not the point of the video to sell them anything. And we're like, oh, and we would argue back, hey, we're not trying to sell them anything. We just want to give them an easy path to the L1. And he would refuse. He yeah, wanted no. it. No, go ahead. Sorry. I'm going to interrupt you right there. He so, so, um, my, so it's, um, when I started doing the podcast, affiliates started saying, holy shit, this is so awesome. This is great communication from HQ. And I was like, whoa, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't expect that at all. They just liked, 
because I guess throughout the podcast, I would drop little bits like, oh, today yeah. we're going over here. Or, you know, today we're doing this or we're making videos for this or and it would just I guess it gave people insight behind the curtain of what was going on just un- unintentionally. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I Look, the thing I <laughs> I appreciated CrossFit not bothering me. I had my hands full enough with members, you know, and all their stuff going on. I, I appreciate the the model of the affiliate model. Like, hey, let the cream rise to the top. Let's see who who makes the cut. And uh, if you're getting people fit, you're losing the weight. You got the performance side of things going on and you're hitting people's goals like that. Ah, well, you're going to stay in business. You're probably going to do a good thing. You know, do you, what, what do you think you would have done if you didn't run a gym or do you have another job also? No, man, I'm retired from the army. I would have. Oh, what is like that? The, what does that mean? Retired from the army? Uh, it means they pay me without working. Um, you were there long enough. No, not me. No, I have a medical retirement from the army. Okay. Yeah. So, you, so you 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 got retired. Something happened to you, and and you're like, yeah, yeah, I got retired for sure. Um, is that where you, you want to go to there? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear that story. All right, cool. It's kind of the I got I got retired from CrossFit. I'm not getting paid, but I should be. No, it's <laughs> not retired, bro. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So that's kind of where my CrossFit thing started. Um, I, I guess to give us some background, I was in the army, um, at, spent three years in first and 25th infantry division in the 25th brigade support battalion, um, spent another three years in 82nd airborne. Um, kind of, that was my, that was my army experience. Got a couple of deployments in, um, and on one of those deployments, I, uh, to give you the in-depth one, because I did tell you I'd be an open book. Um, I was just to, to, I guess to simplify, I was blown up and, uh, you can't tell, got the shirt on, but if I took it off, you see some pretty good scarring and, uh, stuff like that. So I got blown up, try to stay in the army for a while. Uh, kind of had the mentality that I was going to be able to bounce back from this, get stronger. I was only 21 when that happened. So in my mind, I'm basically still bulletproof no matter what. And, um, it wasn't the way it turned out. I ended up not being able to hack it, uh, anymore, especially in the 82nd and ended up with a medical retirement, uh, had some rank in the military. So that's nice. And, uh, so the retirement was good enough. You know, it was, um, it's, I, I would probably have done that. And I did that for a while when I got, out. I just sat on my butt with the money that was in my account and cash and retirement checks and being a slug. But, um, yeah, that's, that right there is kind of, that's how I got retired. And uh, to go into that, just to give you uh, some of the what happened back in 2004 in Missoula, Iraq, there was a chow hall bombing. And you know, anybody can check this out. There's plenty of people that talk about it better than I do. I never wrote pretty cool stories about it. But um, I think I actually got all the names of the people that died that day in that chow hall bombing on my Instagram from probably like my last post. I don't put a lot of stuff up there, but uh, that's one of them. And uh, so anyway one of the missions right there we were doing was training the Iraqi national guard along with other, all kind of just support ops and stuff like that, that was going down. But <clears throat> we're training the Iraqi national guard. Uh, there's a group of probably 50 of them in there. They're learning everything under the sun, how to be soldiers. But, um, a guy infiltrates and I could be off on this stuff a little bit, but uh, a guy infiltrates that unit. He's got a ton of C4, not literally a ton, but a bunch of C4 wrapped around him as a belt. We're all in the chow hall. Um, he blows himself up. There's shrapnel that goes everywhere. Uh, something like 13, 14 people died that day, and a ton of them are wounded. I'm one of them that was wounded. 
How many, how many do you think died? 13 or 14? I want to say 13. It could be 14. I hate to, okay. I hate to get that wrong and not have sure. it right off the top of my head, but it was almost 20 years ago. Um, so, uh, is uh, that, is that the, uh, it says, um, the forward operating base, the, the Marez bombing. Yeah. Bob Marez. Marez was a, Bob Marez is a command sergeant major. His last name was Marez and then they named the Bobs after guys like that. Okay. Yeah. So you, if you're 14, 14. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Four U.S. citizens, 18 total. Yeah. They had all kinds of people working there where it was like Brown and Root, I think might've been doing the food for us at that time. So there could have been civilians hurt, contractors hurt, uh, soldiers, sailors, international uh, forces were there too. So there's French, European, Canadian, all kinds of soldiers, sailors, airmen out there. Four Iraqi soldiers. Total of total of uh, twenty two. Yeah, no, that, I mean everybody that was probably standing at that table died. So you said twenty two. Uh, yeah, twenty twenty two total. Fourteen soldiers, fourteen civilians, fourteen Iraqi soldiers. The the first fourteen were U.S. soldiers. That makes sense. Yeah. So that uh. It, hey, it, hey, what's the longest um, version of this story you've ever told? You ever sat around and talked about it for five hours? No. No, I don't got five hours of that story in there, but we can go, we can get as, we can get graphic if you want. Yeah, yeah uh, I, I do. I want to, I want to, I want to go uh, back just a, a smidge sure. before we get there. Okay. Fucking nuts, dude, that that happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. I was lucky that, um, great unit, good guys trained with us. Um, what happened when it blows up? Is that like, we can go right to that. Big sure. Explosion. Sure. We'll be all over. I, I got to go back to your younger years too, to see how, what brings you to that, but go for it. Now that we're here, let's, 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 let's dance a little. Oh, sure. Well, the cliff notes of the younger years was I lived on the farm and I needed a job. And in, in what state? Georgia. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and mom and dad married. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they, uh, they were married. They stayed married. Um, since I was a baby, uh, my mom was married before, but my dad, smooth talker got her got her on the right track and then uh and then i came along awesome <laughs> uh congrats congratulations uh, it's it's not a i think you're in the minority of people whose parents stayed together oh and, and yeah, congratulations yeah. to your parents for doing that yeah no they're they're awesome they I, I love them i love them um so you know back to the chow hall big explosion happens uh you can feel uh, some people will know what this is like bomb going off beside you but to maybe articulate it for somebody that hasn't experienced something like that. It's a, a ton of air pressure. Like if you've been in front of a huge fan uh, and it's just literally could blow stuff off your table or, or whatever, you've been out in, you know, hurricane type winds, it's that kind of pressure. Um, but it's like, if it was coming from a, a blow dryer, you know, like really, really hot air or something like that. And it's pushing behind me. I can feel the heat from it, but man, so many IEDs and mortars that were going off at Fab Marez daily, pretty much that uh, you were kind of used to it. I don't want to say complacent. This is probably about three months into this deployment. And um, so, yeah, a ton of pressure. It pushes me up against the uh, the table. And what I do is I see everything that's going on around me. It definitely slows down a little bit, push myself onto the ground uh, and start doing a, a self-awareness check, which is just like, hey, you got to make sure your legs are still on there, your arms are still on there, stuff like that. So I noticed that I couldn't move, and I, so I tried to wiggle my toes, and that's just kind of part of the process you're going through. I'm like, okay, I can still feel my toes, but I couldn't move my legs. So I decided I'm like, I must be in shock. Okay, continue on with the self-check. And when I put my hand behind my back and pulled it back out, which is part of it, there's just blood all over it. Um, so open up the vest right there, and you're seeing everything. 
What uh, what what vest is 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 it, is it a vest that protects you or it's just regular clothes? Oh yeah, no. the chow hall. You're wearing some protective shit. Yeah, yeah, Every, everything, everything's on. You take your helmet off, but uh, in Fabmarez, that was what the that was what the protocol was. And it may be different nowadays. In some places, it's not like that. But in Fabmarez, it was real hot, man. It was not. I mean, like I said, we're getting mortared every day. Um, people are attacking the gates weekly. Um, and it also gets pretty hot. At least it was back then. It gets pretty hot when like one unit takes over for another. It's like the, you know, the bad guys want to test you and see what your limits are, what you're willing to accept. And that kind of happens as that transition takes place uh, from hey, one unit there and taking over. I, um, um, did you go by Nicholas or Nick? Uh, my dad's probably the only person that called me Nicholas, but I'll answer to, to either one of those, man. All right. Nick, when, when I, when I see things in life, I, and, and I just think, wow, pe- people could really hurt. There must not really be that many bad people out there because people could really hurt people. Like oh, yeah. it would be so easy just to build a drone, put to put some shit together and fucking fly that thing into a fucking building where there's, you know, I don't want to say it cause I don't want to get in sure. trouble for saying anything sure. crazy, but um, it would be so fucking easy to hurt people. Any fucking Tom, Dick and Harry could put together a five-year plan, get a fucking jet and fucking fly it into something. I mean, we saw that guy in Hawaii. I don't know if you remember the guy who stole that U S airways fucking giant plane. Thank God he didn't hurt anyone, but he crashed into the ocean and killed himself. But do you remember he was doing flips in a yeah. big old fucking commercial jet? Yeah, it was no, like, I totally holy, remember the video. It was like, holy fuck, this guy's a beast. Oh, yeah. But that motherfucker could have done crazy shit. People are capable of everything. Right. Just, yeah. So, so, and when I've flown, when I've had the, um, I've got to fly private a lot and I start to see the, the-, the theater of security. Meaning, um, we just fly into Canada. Like rich people, like if you're on a private jet, you just do what you want to do. The customs and all that shit just turns to fucking hogwash. And, and I and I look at the 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 fucking um, um, the turtles and monkeys and just goofballs working TSA. Right? They're just it, 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 metabolically deranged. Just fucking sure. don't give a fuck. Trying to make twelve dollars an hour so they can get home and go to the movies with their girlfriend. Yeah. Um. How does someone? Is it is that is it the same in the U.S. military? It's just it's just how does someone get in there with a bomb? How did someone? I don't understand. I don't. I don't understand. It's like um, it's like a beehive. You would hope that like a beetle couldn't get in and get the queen. All the other bees would just whoop his ass. How how did how does it how does that happen? Are you or is it like come on, Savon? You just explained it, like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is look, like, like, so there, there's not like, there's people not people are smart, man. Okay. And people are complete. Pe- okay. People are smart. Anything's possible. If you want to hurt someone, it can be done. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, this isn't going to be, this isn't going to shine a light, uh, a positive light on the military. So it's all my brothers and sisters out there. Don't, don't take offense, but uh, look, and I'm one of these, I, like there's a lot of a D students in the military. And that was me. Like, I needed, I needed a thing. I needed something to reset. So, Dictate, give me some direction. Okay. So people are, people can be complacent, man. Um, People can get comfortable. And that's what they were like when you have one unit come in, another unit transition and they take over. um, 
Like that's that check. They're making sure you got your game up. Um, they're the bad like, guys are there soldiers the at the checkpoint showing their favorite OnlyFans girls, and some guy walks by with a bomb on and just waves this at is, him and he's in? This, yeah, no, probably not. But there's, oh, okay. I'll it's give not you that this. Bad. Okay, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you this. I'll tell you, uh, and this is this is uh, this probably shouldn't. Well, here it is. Um, do you remember those um, support the troops bands? Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty far enough removed from it. I don't think they're coming after my retirement check. But what we used to do is the pink ones, we would uh, – I didn't, not me. But I, other people would uh, give out these pink wristbands for jobs, basically. You know, you got to understand the infrastructure is just destroyed at this point in time. We're dropping bombs all over everything. You, the and, infrastructure, this is in Iraq. That's right. Okay. So people that needed to get jobs and stuff like that would come work on the FOBs. It could become doctors, welders, whatever. Um, and so some of the things that could happen where well, we might give you a, a pink wristband in exchange for a bottle of alcohol. So you were getting a job and you could get in. Like if you snuck in this booze, cause uh, there's no, there's no drinking, there's no partying, uh, there's nothing like that. So I'm right. I know that happened. Right. So if that can happen, anything can happen. Now look, th- th- this, that's, that's a, an exception. Right. Exception to the rule. This is that's not there's not people drunk partying. That's not what it is. And if you get caught, you're you're done. Right. Right. <laughs> They're right. putting you under the jail. You're going back to, to your home and going to jail. Um, anything like that. But if that can happen, then anything, then someone can be complacent enough to let a guy in with some bombs. And also some of these people are becoming soldiers themselves. So there is there may be explosives training. There may be. Um, you need to know how to disassemble vehicles and like make them inoperable. So you might have to have a, a certain type of grenade that's just going to burn through this stuff and make it to where the, the vehicle can't move because you don't got time to sit there and play around. So we have to teach these people how to do this kind of stuff. It, that's one level of it and anything in between. Okay. It, it's, um, uh, you, do you remember when that stuff went down in, in um, Abu Grave where the soldiers were like putting leashes on the prisoners and like taking pictures of them? Do you remember that shit? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm watching that and I'm, and I'm seeing like people shocked and disgusted. And I'm like, dude, what do you think 17 and 18 and 19 year old boys do? I've seen crazier shit than that at the fucking fraternities in college. The, the yeah, well, fuck? Yeah, they'll build a pyramid out of naked guys and fucking right in the fucking main square. And then the other dudes will throw piss and shit at them. And that's called hazing. And the, you, there's this like expectation. I, I don't mean to be defending this behavior, but there's this expectation of men that's completely fucking unrealistic. These are fucking boys. They want to do two things. They want to fight and they want to fuck. And if they don't, they're not real boys. This is like gold feels like this. And boys behave like this. This is it. Yeah. And so, and so, like, it's hard for me to blame. A, a, like, if me and you are sitting around and we're not kept busy, of course, even if we don't want to drink, we'll want to trade a wristband for a bottle of alcohol. Just because the same reason why we throw rocks at cars. We don't want to hurt the cars. We just want to see who can hit the car. Oh, yeah. Right? Look, I yeah, mean, we're it, boys. I'm with you. And, look, and, and, and to hit on some of that, I'm not sure if it was Harvard, if it was Yale, if it was whatever university, but they have this like um, it's kind of referenced a, a little bit where it was like some of the students were prisoners. Some of them were guards. And by the end of this little exercise, maybe only a week into it, like they're being complete dirtbags to each other. Yes. Yes. Um, so yes. that's in a controlled environment, man. If you it's it's very controlled in any forward observation base, I, at least it was with for my experience. So. Um, 
Stanford prison experiment. Yeah. So if that can happen, I think I understand what you're saying with that. And, and look, I don't blame anybody. I don't think complacency. Right. And you weren't. Me. And you weren't. Yeah. It, it is. It is. I'm. A, I wasn't perfect. A hundred percent. I guarantee, if you put a microscope over me, then uh, I would have messed something up too. Um, um, did you think you were going to um, th- when you when you were there and that and that bomb went off? Did you think you were going to die? I'll tell you something freaky, man. I used to have this dream. All right, when I was a kid, you know how you, people have dreams of falling, right? And and you get the experience like this exhilaration of you're actually falling in your sleep. It wakes you up, pulls you out of your sleep. All right, so when I that I had those, but there was one that was that was real wild, I, and it was about getting sh- shot or stabbed in the back, and it was a recurring dream. Maybe it happened half a dozen times a year, and this was from a kid. <laughs> pre-military like you know oh yeah yeah yeah. as a kid all through my life it'll be like my buddy stabbing me or getting jumped and it's like in your dreams your worst dreams kind of stuff you know and it would wake me up out of it and then when i landed in country and there were like i think we're in kuwait when we land and we got to about 30 days there just kind of acclimating to the area um i felt i was like oh man i feel like i feel like this I, i feel like this is gonna suck you know i had a bad feeling in my gut and then do you tell anyone that or no? That's no. just intern. That's internal talk. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Um, bad feeling in my gut, and then after that injury, I've never had that dream. That's twenty years ago. Oh, no. I know, right? So I'm not. I say a premonition, right? But it's it's that's freaky. Like to yeah. me, that's yeah. a little weird. Did did you think you were going to die when you're feeling around the blood and, and and like you're there? You're like, oh, fuck. and I'm assuming your ears are ringing, right? Uh, no, my ears weren't, I don't remember like a ringing in my ear. Um, nothing like that. Did I think I was going to die? No, no. Um, super confident, super cocky. I mean, no, (laughs) no, not at all. And plus, man, we had been through so much training. Uh, and this is a, a very strong unit. It's not, no, it's not just Joe Blow who's doing it on the weekend. Like we're professional soldiers. Um, so yeah, my, my guys, immediately responded to me, like pick me up, throw me on a table, get me to a, a, a Humvee. And I'm probably the first one to the cash. It, I'm like maybe the first one. And thank God, because, you know, they're going to triage you as you're coming in. Um, so I get, get you know, the guys, as you're looking up at the table, are you like, Hey, yeah, John, Michael hey, Sanders. No, nah, Michael wow. Sanders was the guy that picked me up in there. He's riding in the back of the Humvee with me. I passed out about three times from blood loss. He's slapping me in the face and waking me up and make sure I got it together. We roll into the cache, which is Combat Army Surgical Hospital. We roll into the cache. Another little funny story I like to tell when I tell this. So uh, here we go. I get in. You know, they put you on the table, and th- everything's happening fast, man. Um, so they don't—they're not unlacing your shoes. They basically take a pair of shears and they're just cutting. They just start cutting up, cutting up, cupping up. And right when the nurse gets to my knee, I slap my knee. I'm like, wait, wait, wait! Don't cut my dick. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's a so, great story. Well, she laughs. She laughs and she's like, Oh, you got to go to sleep, honey. And they, uh, you know, hit me with whatever. And I was out. I was in a coma for about 21 days after that. God, you must have been so impressed that you said that. If I said that, I would be, pat- sell- I'd be like, In the moment. It, dude. <laughs> I'd be like, Yeah, I got it. Yeah. I yeah. still got it. I've been holding that one in forever. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for the opportunity. Uh, Caleb, do you, do you guys ever, uh, I just see Caleb just popped up in in the back. Caleb, you guys ever practice cutting shoes? Just like, Hey, here's a pair of shoes, cut them. Well, they're cutting the, the, the very bottom of them. They're just slicing right up. They're not taking your pants down from anywhere else. They're getting that shit fast. 
You have to, you mostly we're just to like training on boots or something like that. Cause it's not very often we're going to see like tennis shoes or anything, but yeah, we'll work on cutting people with trauma shears and just trying to, cause it's not as easy as it would seem. Depending oh, it on sounds what hard. It sounds like, fuck you got, it's like, I just imagine bolt cutters cutting off shoes, but you don't want to cut off someone's toe. Yeah. And then or, you, sometimes you have to like remove a ring or something too. So there's a lot of fabric and shit you have to get through. Um, are rings allowed? Can can you wear a ring when you're in um, combat? I mean, you can, but that's not very many people don't. Yeah, and, and usually the people is, like carry it. No, he's gonna go. He's gonna go right into it. You could get the, like obviously these little rubber ones are cool, but a metal one gets caught on something and you're moving, man. It's, your finger could be gone, or it'll rip all the skin right off of it. Right? Yeah, you don't want that. You could de- you could get degloved pretty easily if you get it caught on a piece of piece of anything, like just a crate or. Like even something on your uniform, if it gets caught with enough force, it oh yeah, 100%. probably gets in pretty painful. Um, uh, Caleb, I, I would love to keep you in the front. I, you got a crazy hum. Uh, see you, see you. Mm. Crazy hum. I yeah, like having too much. I, I like having Caleb back there. Oh, I like him. I like it, man. I like. He's him. great, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's always there, right? He's always in the background listening. It seems he's like. there. He's there a lot, man. That cool. dude. That dude's good. Um, I want to. I want to go back a bit. So, so sure. you before then, did you think you were going to be a twenty-year military guy before that accident? Man, I didn't know what I, what to do. I was, but that uh, was that was about six years in that happened. You did you did six years total? Yeah, six years total. But that that happened at about year three. Okay, but but then when you got to year four, you reenlisted. I'd already reenlisted up at that point. So uh, my initial sign on was for four years. And then at, when you're about a year out, they're asking you what you want to do and try to re-up you. So I had picked up like as much as much extra cool school stuff as I could, whether it was like, hey, I want to go to the 82nd. Uh, I need jump school added to my packet. I need this unit. Or you could be like, I want to go through selection for special forces. You can kind of play it up, uh, whatever your recruiting officers got for you. And our unit kind of had everything on the menu, so whatever whatever you wanted, you could pretty much get and a wad of cash. And then so, if you so, reenlisted out in country, that was tax free, so you know lots of good incentives. And and so you, when you reenlisted, was it for another four years? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you said they put you in coma for twenty one days. Yeah, yeah, a medically induced coma for twenty one days. Yeah, I mean it jacked me up. I mean, it got blown up, guts are all jacked up, common bile duct got screwed up. Uh, lost a lot of intestine, stomach, missing some of that. 30% of my abdominal tissue is gone. Uh, fracture vertebra all up and down that back just from the impact. Uh, lung collapse filled with blood. Like, yeah, I was jacked up, man. And they kept me in that coma because they needed to take my guts out, clean them, cut on them, stitch them up, do whatever they do on the inside, put them back in, and then keep me in. They had, you know, whatever breathing tube is down my throat, all that kind of stuff. How, how is your brain? Before, after, right now, what? No. Uh, uh, any damage done to your brain? No, but like physical damage. No, no. no. Uh, and um, and when you and when they do the initial work, do they do it? Do they fly you out of Iraq or do they take you somewhere? So the initial surgery was done right there at the Combat Army Surgical Hospital to uh, or the cash to stabilize. Then I went on a medical Blackhawk to Balad. From there, I actually flatlined on the Blackhawk a couple of times, so they had to pop me. And bring me back up, then restabilized in Bala, which had a medical unit there. 
then over to Germany um, where I got stabilized and uh, had some treatment done there. All this I'm unconscious for. I don't remember that part of Germany. And uh, then I get flown back to the States. My parents are made aware. Then the Army brings my parents to the to the hospital that I'm at. And I'm not sure if they thought I was at Walter Reed or Fort Sam first. I think there might have been some confusion there where they had stuck me uh, with my parents. But no, the Army took care of them 100 percent, man. The um, I think it was the Fisher houses where they were staying. Hope oh, your parents. There. They brought your parents and, and put they even put your parents up. No shit. Dude, uh, Denzel Washington bought another Fisher house while I was there because he loved what they were doing so much just to bring families of people so they could stay. And I would, if I had to give credit to what helped me get through a lot of that, having my mom, my dad, my brother, aunts and uncles, buddies that were in and out when they went on leave coming in and hanging out with me, good chaplain, great staff. Oh, man. Chaplain, the, chaplain, that's the dude who talks to you about God, the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. He'll play chess with you too. If he knows how he'll do a lot of cool stuff with you, he or she. Um. So you go down in some obscure desert and you come to 21 days later in America. Yeah. In a hospital. Yeah. Wild. Fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Screwed my Christmas up all night. Did you have any, um, of those, uh, um, I, I had a guy recently on the show who spent 30, 80 days in the hospital with COVID 30 days in coma. And he was talking about these delusions of grandeur you had and just, they're fucked up. He was basically saying that like when he was in there, he just, he had fabricated this whole story that his family had been murdered. Did, did you have I got nothing no, like that? No, nothing man. Like that. No, for me, um, I had a little bit of problem sleeping at the very beginning. Like anytime I would try to go to sleep, it would bring me back to that day and that kind of stuff. Uh, but no shit. Be- this is after you're awake after 21 days. It, it, it you got some like damage, like, like, uh, shell, sh- what the Whatever. turtles used to call it shell shock, <laughs> right? Like, just like you're fucked up. You're, you're shaking. Yeah, for sure. And uh, anytime I would try to go, you know how like sometimes you can maybe think of some things before you go to bed and then you like dream of that stuff. I yeah. could do anything. I could be dreaming of the hottest chicks, the coolest thing I'd ever done. And by the time I started those off, it would kind of bring me back to that. That happened for a few days, but they you know, got a shrink, got a or psychologist, psychiatrist. I don't know exactly which one um, got on some meds. Maybe I took those meds for a week and I never had any problems since then. Damn. And and, you're, and at this time, how you're 25, 21, 21. Yeah. So December 21st was that, that was the day of the explosion. I turned 21 in December 5th. Okay. I thought you said that. So that means when you went into the army, you were 17, 18, just, just turned 18. Yeah. Yeah. So December 5th, then maybe January I had signed up and then April, 2001, um, I'm in basic training. Wow. Crazy. Uh, Jeremy, thank you. I'm later than a Badusi. I don't think that's the right use of the word Badusi. Mm. We'd have to we'd have to look that up, uh, but I don't think now's the time to look it up. Uh, good morning, uh, and thank you for the money. I will, I will buy, buy something with that today. Um, so uh, prior, so you join? Why do you join the army? Uh, good recruiter. Uh, I needed a job. I was working at a subway in Cairo, Georgia. For those that know where that is, that's a that's not a great job. Um, Subway's cool though. You like you Sorry. see girls come in there. The you could eat. You could make your own sandwiches. Oh yeah, this is old school. This is like back with the stamp card. So I could have probably pulled off some stamps, gave yeah. them a little hookup. I'm, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was great. How long did you work there? No longer than I had to, man. Were you uh, there more than a year? Probably not. Probably. Well, not. Do you remember your starting wage? 
Uh, probably seven twenty-five, something like that. Whatever minimum wage was back then. You know, you, you know, there at the at the Pete's down by my house, Pete's Coffee. There's a sign that says starting at twenty dollars an hour. Shit. <laughs> to serve coffee. That's some good coffee. I, I mean, just to be rude to people. Oh just really? To, yeah, just to be an asshole to people. Fuck you. Wait, hey, how, why is it? I feel like every time I go into Pete's and order something, I like their coffee. By the way. Cool. I really like Pete's coffee. It's a little burnt and it's really strong and it's like oily on top. I perfect. Uh yeah. But um anytime I go in there and I don't go in there that often, the coffee's never made. It's always like we're making a fresh batch. Always at Pete's. Well, do they have a big thing of it or is it like one little cup? It's a big thing. It's the big thing. It's the, it's the, and I hate it when I go to Starbucks and and I order something and I see them making a pour over. I'm like, dude, listen. Listen, you jackass. No one comes in here and wants a pour over. Yeah. People stop here to get high and leave. <laughs> I just want to take my hit and go. Uh, sure. Tanya Bowers, thank you, Nick, for your service. Thank you, Tanya. And, and a little prayer. I think this means like prayer. Like maybe is this thank, thank you. you or thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, and so you're in. Did the recruiter come in there and order a sandwich and then start talking to you? Nah, man. I, I brought my buddy. I gave him a ride to the recruiter's office. And uh, so I'm just sitting there in a chair. He's in the back talking to the recruiter. The recruiter comes up to me and is like, hey, man, what can I do for you? And I'm the guy that's like, you can't do a damn thing for me, man. I was yeah. Yeah, definitely anti-authority. Uh, Army. As a teenager. Yeah, Army. Anti-authority or were you a Democrat and you were raised to hate the uh, U.S. military? No, my dad's a Marine. I got other oh. military in my family. We love the military, but like okay. authority wasn't my jam. Uh, okay. Yeah, like it just it is. I, you know, I love police officers and stuff like that now, but I was a hooligan growing up, so uh, it wasn't my jam. That's so interesting. I'm the opposite. Kid. I loved authority as a kid. Well, you probably weren't doing the same things we were doing in Zachary, Louisiana. You're not throwing rocks at them and running around your skateboard, you know, trying no. to skateboard off of the cop car. No, I did bad shit, but not like that. No, I didn't. I didn't. Fu- I didn't fuck with authority. They were. I kind of just avoided them, but I. But I still liked authority. Yeah, yeah. My best friend's name, he's a he's a uh, he's a police officer now in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, but he literally broke the nose of a cop. So, uh, yeah, we were. <laughs> yeah, I was we like, if the, co- if the cops pulled me over, I was turned the car off, put the keys on the dash, hands like on the window. Like I was. I oh, was no, we're fi- we're five kids spread in all different directions. Screw yeah. the one that gets caught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> different. Um, but, um, so, so you're in the recruiter's office and he talks to you. Yeah, yeah, and they said ten thousand dollars sign-on bonus, and they couldn't—I couldn't get that pin on the paper fast enough. No shit, Gary Roberts told me that too—that he joined the um, uh, Marines to buy a motorcycle. I bought a Trans Am. Wow. Yeah. Old wow, that's seventy-eight. Wow. Seventy-eight silver Trans Am. Four hundred. That is some white trash shit. Good job. Oh, Did bro. You- Look, when I found it, we were yeah. we were four buying in the back of the Nisqually Indian Reservation in Fort Lewis, Washington completely not supposed to be there find our way out the woods into podunk whatever washington state yeah. and uh i go pee behind the building of whatever 7-eleven gas station and there's a used car lot next to it and i sell that that gray trans am for like three grand or four grand or something like that like you dick know? in your hand shaking it off and be like oh i'll take that trans am over there i was like we're coming <laughs> we're coming back in the morning man i'm getting that I mean, that's like Smokey and the Bandit right there. That was, I needed that's that. That's exactly what I was thinking, Burt Reynolds. How Dude, old are you? 18. No, I, like right now. No, I'll be 40 in, on December. Wow, you know Smokey and the Bandit. That's hardcore, dude. <laughs> Who doesn't? That's hardcore. 
I mean, I, I'm 50 and I'm barely old enough to know it. And man, that shit was crazy. That those Burt Reynolds, that was the one where he jumps the car at the end over the the whole premise of the movies. He jumps the car at the end over the ravine. <laughs> I think that's one scene in it. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, so so you so then you join and are your parents pissed or happy? Oh, I don't I, look, man. We uh at eighteen we we're bunting heads and stuff like that. So pissed? No, definitely not pissed. My mom probably was because I just came home and was like, hey, I'm joining the army. We didn't have a conversation about it, and I was like, I'm leaving in a month. You know, it was kind of real quick, and I've I've been like that. I've been like, hey, you know, if something's cool, we're gonna go do it, and never really worrying too too much about it. We'll figure it out later, kind of guy. Do you have kids now? Oh yeah, I got three kids. I got a 19 year old daughter who's going to college out in Colorado. And I got two boys. I got a uh, four-year-old Julian and a one-year-old Lawrence. So, so two different moms. That's right. Man, so, something. Do, do you think did the explosion change you? Yeah. But uh, so, sorry, of course it changed you. Let me rephrase that. Um, did it change you for the better? Did it, did it make you more um, change your? Uh, I mean, obviously it fucking rattles you and injures you. But does it um do you did you do you reevaluate a life as a whole? Like or does it bring you to God or does it like did it, did it have some catechismic shift on you? No, uh I mean you could whenever whenever I woke up, it was just more like, okay, how long is this gonna take for me to get back out to the unit? Like okay. uh, what, what's this gonna take? I mean, I was paralyzed for a while, I couldn't walk, I had to be immobilized for three months, three months of physical therapy after that, then I'm back on rear detachment. After learning how to walk again, I mean, I went from a 185 pound paratrooper down to about 115 pounds just from the atrophy from laying in the bed. Crazy! Um, it was 115. Sick, Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not lying. Oh, dude, if I, I should. I wish I had some pictures I could pull up or something. You I mean, must have looked like a skeleton. Straight up Holocaust victim, dude. It was it was gross. It was real gross. Sunken in eyes, real dark. I mean, when General Shoemaker gave me my Purple Heart, when he pinned it on me, I didn't even fit in my uniform. It was like kind of a blanket on me you know um so it was sucked it was bad it was great to meet uh um, you know meet your inner schoolmaker but you know it, it, it sucked it's like a shadow of your former self you know when you see yourself as a badass paratrooper you know it's um you know it's a little a little different uh, the total side note anyone out there who runs a jiu-jitsu school or any parents who are going to take your kids into the martial arts I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you, but do not let kids be out there with jackets that are too big and pants that are too big on them and not roll them up. You fucking idiots. I take my kid to a jujitsu school. I love the fucking instructors there. I respect you so much, but you have a kid on day one out there whose hands are behind his (laughs) sleeves and he's stepping on his pants while he's sparring. It is fucking, do you, do you not want the kid to stay? Do you hate him? What's wrong with you, parents? If you're a parent and your kid is in that situation, walk over to the edge of the mat and say, hold on, call your son or daughter over and roll their sleeves up. Protect the dignity of your kids. Set your kids up for success. I am not for babying. But you cannot put a seven-year-old boy out on a mat with 15 other kids who can already whoop his ass and then fucking make him look like the scarecrow out there. Well, then you're giving those other more experienced guys something to grab a hold of. Do you got you got your kids in any no gi classes? All that shit. My kids mm. are savages. Zero <laughs> humility. Well, just go no gi, then you don't got to worry yeah. about the oversized uh, gi. All that shit. But I just cannot believe that. It, I see. Yesterday, I saw it again. Two new kids. 
oversized geese. Just roll them up. I will stop the whole class in the middle when if my kids gee on rolls. Uh wait. Avi, come. Come to me, son. Cool. It like why why? They get fucked enough in there. They get smashed and beat up and they have to do horrible shit. Why are you why are they why do they have to fight with their clothes? It's so it's so messed up. So I, messed up. I, I anyway, I thought of that because I thought of your uniform and I just pictured you like just like flopping around in it. Well, you know, it, it was just big on me, right? It's just big. On right, me. right. I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that's a different thing. You were fucking emaciated. Yeah. Hey, how long before did you go without eating solid food? Uh, a little over three months. It was just a feeding tube through my nose. Nuts. Hey, are you are you are you pretty normal now? Like, do you have a colostomy bag now or anything? Like, you have to deal with? No, you're good. Yeah, no, man. I uh, you pee I, and poop like a like a regular human. No, not not no. like a regular human. It's a little bit different. It's it, you know, it's a little more loose. Um, but that's just my GI tracts jacked up, man. Oh, so right, right, that. okay. Because you have s- s- sections missing that may have um, yeah, a, a digested stuff. Are you yeah, on well, vitamin like certain nutrients then the, the rest of your life? Yeah, meats, vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, a little starch, no sugar. Ah, yes, I've heard that before. Yes, it's interesting how that works. Yes. You're not, are you on, you're not on any medication for your, for your track? No. Crazy. no I, I've been able to mo- manage it with, uh, with diet and nutrition. I mean, look, this is coming from long-term prescription of Nexium, B12 injections, iron deficiency, because there's chunks of my intestine that are missing. I have a nutrient absorption issue. So you just got to pack it in, man. You got to eat. It's harder to gain weight because I'm missing intestine, missing some stomach, but you know, you eat, then you yeah. keep eating, you eat a little more and just make sure you're keeping crap out of it the best you can. And It'll help. I mean, I had pancreatitis for one week out of the month for like years. And that's what is your, that. What is that? Well, when you look that one up, you're going to find out that it sucks, but you're basically vomiting up the bile to digest your food. Oh, shit. And eventually it went away. You found the right things to eat that so, so you don't do it? Yeah, I was prescribed a diet, a bland diet, no fat diet kind of thing, mimicking the Mediterranean kind of style diet the best you can, I guess. No alcohol or anything like that. And I followed it to a T. Um, and was still having issues, still getting pancreatitis, getting in there. And it's just, it's rough, you know? And then, and it was really sucks as you, as you're talking about, is it looks up there with like, uh, alcohol abuse. It's probably real similar to Crohn's, um, that, that kind of stuff. But when you're talking to the doc and you're like, Hey man, I'm listening to everything you say. It's just, it's just still not working. They think you're a closet alcoholic. You know, they just don't believe you that you're not drinking. So. Do you get out in the sun a lot? You go outside yeah, a lot? I try. Yeah. Yeah. Why do I not look tan enough for you? No, you don't. Uh, I'll work on it. You look really good. You look lean and mean, right eyed. But I'd, I'd like to see uh, a little more vitamin D on you. I'll work on it, man. Uh, so you, um, when you were you were you when you before you went into the army, um, did you do any fitness stuff? Did you play any sports? Yeah, I played baseball in high school. Um, any kind of sports with friends and stuff like that. Sure. And did you um, have any inkling at that point that you liked physical activity or was it more like you played baseball just to be with your friends and throw the ball and hit it? Or did you, did you like feel any like, Oh, this is fun. I'm digging. Like when did you start to build a relationship with your body? Like I'm going to move this thing. Uh, Probably as soon as I started liking women. I mean, you you want some muscles then. So I remember having the, uh, the little bench outside under the carport with like the concrete weights filled with concrete. So as many of them as you can stack on that skinny bar do a ton of bench press, followed up by some push-ups, uh, crappy pull-ups that you can do and stuff like that. But that was that probably be the extent of it. And just okay. playing sports. And then, so you were already developing ha- um, fitness habits. 
didn't know it then, but sure. Yeah. 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 I didn't know it then either, but you still did it like in the kitchen. Uh, um, I, well, I got kicked out of the house at 16 and in my, the place where I lived, I put a bench press in the kitchen. That's legit. Right. You know what I mean? And then just like dudes would come over and like, no matter what you were doing, even if you were drinking beer at 16, like someone was always on the bench fooling around or there was some contest or right. I didn't have a lot of weights, but like usually max reps. Um, so then, so then you go into the army and um, what do you think of, does their fitness program and, and, and the, the requirements they demand, do those intrigue you or do you have any ego in the game where you're like, Hey, I'm going to graduate from my class, the most fittest or anything like that? Yeah. No. I looked at the army as a second chance. I kind of had a ship on my shoulder. Um, in, in, high in hindsight, you look at it as a second chance or even when you went in there? No, going in. Going oh in, wow! I knew this okay. was going to be. So you were maturing at that point. You were yeah. maturing. Okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I was a, I, you know, I, uh, I dropped out of high school and got a GED. Is wasn't my thing, and uh, and I was being a knucklehead, uh, getting in trouble and stuff like that. So when the army was an option, I looked at it as a fresh start. And a funny thing about it for me was, you know, you're, I, I was embellishing stories that I had had when you're just talking and you're chatting. And then I found out really, I kind of just realized that, that everybody was full of shit in there. No, everyone in here didn't have a, a Mustang or a Camaro and wasn't dating the high school cheerleader. If that was all true, we wouldn't be a bunch of dummies in this room together. Um, we would have been doing something else. So that right there helped me a little bit, that little realization. And then I was like, you know what? We're all E-zeros. Nobody's special in here. If I just work harder than all these other dummies, I, I'll I'll win. And I really believed it to be a meritocracy. And I think it, in my experience, it was. So the harder you work, the more stuff you knew. Uh, if you could pass your PT test, if you ran faster, you got to be a squad leader or team leaders. And so I was just in a race to, to beat everybody else and do it better so that I could get promoted faster, make more money. And also you got days off when you do cool stuff like that. If you max your PT test, you might get a three-day weekend. If you go win a soldier of the month board, you go get a three-day weekend. So uh, I, I, I wanted to excel fast. I got promoted above my peers, faster than my peers. And yeah, I was... I was all about it. I was all about being a soldier. Was that the first time you'd seen your competitive side or did you know you were competitive your whole life? I've been competitive my whole life. I, I you know, I, I wanted to be a great baseball player. Um, just it wouldn't lined up for me. Um, you know, anytime there'd be a foot race or something like that, I want to win. I, I mean, I want to win at whatever it is I'm doing for sure. In 2004, when, when, when you're in the mil when you're in the military, you didn't, that was a little early for CrossFit. Like had, had you seen any CrossFit when you were in the military? No, no, I did a ton of pushups, ran sit-ups and ruck. That's what I did. And, and what year did you get out to six, seven, seven? Yeah. So that was like, that was like just when it was like starting to really creep in. That's when like in my CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so you kind of, you were on your way out as CrossFit was coming in. Yeah. I mean, it was obviously in before then, but like, I mean, really start coming in to where like sure. all the badasses were doing it. I never heard about it until I was out of the military. And, and then, and then how, and then how did you hear about it? Uh, how did I hear about CrossFit? Sorry, Austin Hartman. I'm currently sitting in the parking lot waiting for him my e6 advancement exam to start wish me luck what uh, good luck austin what's what's that e6 advancement he's uh his pay grade is e6 enlisted six he's trying to be a staff sergeant uh there's i, I think so he's probably in beanock and uh that's just his school that he's got to go to to get promoted and, he, and he'll get more money if he passes his test He'll get more money. He'll get a rocker on his uh, on his rank, and uh, he'll be able to be a platoon sergeant. 
Will he have less time to listen to this podcast? He'll have more time listening to this podcast. Good, good luck, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so uh, where were we? So uh, you came so you came across right? 2004. And then how did you find CrossFit when you came out? So I found CrossFit. Um, I was injured, and I was looking for something. I was doing P90X at the house, that kind of stuff. Um, and my sister-in-law, who was doing CrossFit down – Sorry, who introduced you to P90X? I don't know, whatever info commercial. Right. Okay. Um, And and then you got, and you bought the DVDs with your own money. That's right. Okay. Good on you. All right. (laughs) I had the little, uh, pull up bar in the, in the hallway thing. Um, so, or door frame, by the way, those guys made billions. You have to $20 at a time for sure. Yeah. There's level, there's levels to this shit. Like those guys made so much fucking money, but that, and then whoever replaced your crown molding for jacking that up too, where I made a dollar. (laughs) Right. You're right. They kept the economy on. Not only did these guys make a killing, but they helped the affiliates a lot because a shitload of people went from P90X into CrossFit. It's a very, it was, it's a very nice, uh, evolution of of fitness, but but go on. So my sister-in-law had, well, she was doing CrossFit down in, uh, was it uh, Avery's going to kick my butt right here. CrossFit central, uh, down in Austin, Texas. Remember it was so so like a brother's wife, your brother's wife, my, no, my, my wife's sister. Your, oh, oh, okay. Sister-in-law. Okay. Okay. Your, your wife's sister. Okay. Uh, I, I, uh, Jeremy Teal's, uh, Jim CrossFit, uh, CrossFit central, uh, yeah. is why all the girls were at there back in the day. Um, yeah. was it? I think I want to say Carrie Rebecca bought there. Was she there? I don't remember. Was Kristen Rebecca Clever there? I'm not sure who was all at this gym in, in Austin. Is am I, I might be totally messing that yeah, up. I think you're thinking of, um, Carrie Kepler and, um, Jeremy Teal. Can you bring up, uh, Cro- CrossFit Central. Oh, okay. He's 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 on it. That was one of one of the original gyms in Austin. Probably that's top, that's top three hundred gym at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had like they the may, two I don't C's even know if they're it. still there. Oh shit, they are still. Yeah, there. there you go. Top left has those two C's. That's the one. Yeah. So she was going there where she lived in Austin, and whenever they had heard about my GI issues and they're hearing about paleo and stuff like that, she was and we had tried everything. We're listening to the docs. We're doing all kinds of stuff. I'm still dying, basically. She, uh, she was like, Hey, you guys should try this paleo thing. It basically will fix anything for you. And that was the mentality of it then. But, uh, it did for me. I mean, when you were, when we were reading the testimonials from the, uh, paleo solution by Rob Wolf, we, um, they sounded so much like what I was going through and all this like Crohn's kind of stuff. So we're like, Hey, we'll try anything. You know, I can still remember the first time my wife made uh green beans, you know, the, for, for the first time we were trying to do it with, we we're just trying to bake everything. We we're trying to be super healthy. Um, so we find out through CrossFit through the paleo community, actually. So through Rob Wolf's book, and they talk about it in there. So we look it up, um, and I find CrossFit, go to .com, had no idea anything about it. I didn't even know about bumper plates. So when I see – my first wad I saw was Annie Sakamoto doing Fran in like mm. three minutes and some change or something like that. And I'm like, oh, I got this. This would be great. Um, so I didn't know how to clean it. No, I didn't know how to do anything, but I had a, a squat rack and barbell in my house. And, uh, so I, it looked like 135 on the bar, if you don't know bumper plates. So I put, I load the 45s up on the bar and I'm trying to do a thruster. I can't even clean 135. I think I may maybe wait. I probably didn't even wait 135. All right. And, uh, so I didn't know what the heck was going on. Go figure it out. Oh, it's 95. Okay. Go get the 25 pounders, put it on there. This is 2007. 
this is probably like 2009, 2008, okay, 2009. something like that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. They, at, when I retired, I just I sat on my butt for a couple of years and was a slug. Okay. Um, What's just the heaviest in, you got? What do I weigh? No, what was the heaviest you got when you were just sitting around? I didn't weigh much, man. You So you never would – you didn't put back on the weight? No, I had all those GI issues and gut issues and stuff like that. It was hard okay. to just keep down food. There was no weight gain or okay. anything. So until I found paleo – I couldn't gain any weight. I could because I couldn't keep it down. Right. Um, so uh, anyway, Trifran. Seventeen minutes later, I'm dead, uh, and I'm like, I, well, this is this is awesome. I can't let this soccer mom beat the brakes off me. Right. Uh, and, but she did. She probably still could. And um, so yeah, I was hooked after that. So I stayed on dot com forever. Um, I, I mean, literally, dude. I found it. I thought it was awesome. It was working for me. I was able to put some weight on, able to get did you, stronger. Did you join an affiliate or did you just do it all at home? I did all at home. I bought all the yeah. stuff. I went to Rogue site, would buy like the military kit, drop a couple grand on something or whatever I could afford. Not a couple grand, probably like $800 at the beginning. But uh, it started getting stuff, you know, kettlebells, bumper plates, you know, whatever I could get. Um, building some stuff from like the articles from the journal where it's like, hey, right. throwing this. Uh, so I was doing all those things. And, uh, yeah, I ended up, did join a, an affiliate after I was studying for my level one. Um, and I was just, I was on board a hundred percent, man. I loved it. And I mean, I was driving 45 minutes to go to that affiliate. I went there for about 30 days. It was called Tallahassee CrossFit. Yeah. Those little things were the kits back in the day. Damn. Yeah. They were cool. Um, so yeah, I joined an affiliate for 30 days because I was on my way to take my L1. So I wanted to know what it was like to be inside of a box because I was just doing it with like a couple of buddies. And uh, yeah, my, my girlfriend and wife now, but um, like I would get her to do some stuff with me here and there. How did uh, you meet your wife, your current wife? Hold on a sec. Come in. Hello. Hey, how you doing, man? Oh, hey, hold on Good. a second. Oh, ah, no problem. I know I'm at the wrong place. You ain't got a teacher here named Patel, do you? Patel? Yeah. No. What a good dude. God, I love the South. That's cool, man. I got the bay doors open out there. <laughs> Are you the only person there? No, this guy's here too now. Oh, hey, you should have told him, that, hey, feel free to get a workout in. I'll be about in a few minutes. I'm slipping. <sighs> I'm slipping. Hey, buddy, get on the exercise bike. I'll be done in 30. Get on the assault bike. I'll see you in 30. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he won't be there in 30. Um, There's a close. defib. Bring the defib over. Hold it in your hands. Oh, and, that, yeah. Uh, that AED is blinking green. We're good. Yeah, yeah. We're good. So, yeah, man, I was uh, I was on the journal 100%. I knew I wanted to be – I knew I wanted to open a gym because um, we didn't have one here in Thomasville, and I thought it would be a good move. But after experiencing it, I knew I had to share this kind of stuff. It worked for me. It kind of could work for anybody else. Um, and there's a need for it in Thomasville for sure. There's a lot of unhealthy people down here. Um, we're working on that though for sure. But, uh, yeah. Do you think that, um, someone, someone called me yesterday, uh, pretty well-known character in the gym, in the, in the community. And they said, Hey, I just wanted to tell you, thank you. And I said, sure. What for? And they said, well, for the last two and a half years, you've been talking some shit and I know it's not popular and I know you lost your Instagram account because of it, but you've been, you've been keeping a straight drumbeat and uh your message is heard and now slowly but surely the shit you've been saying for two and a half years people are starting to wake up and be like oh shit oh you're authentic man yeah it was you were right and i said oh thank you and he goes i'm sorry and this person's like hey i, I wish i could have said more shit with you i'm like nah not nah, everyone doesn't need to say shit some people need to keep their jobs 
I, I, I had the ability to talk a little bit of shit just because of the place I had landed. Not, not that I'm like super duper secure, but I'm secure. Sure. I, I'm, I'm on a high, I'm on a high ledge. Did you, did you feel that also? You're like, okay, I got some security, like running an affiliate's not easy, but I got no, some I- security and I got like, I, I, I kind of haven't now that I know this, I kind of have an obligation to hang my dick in the wind a little bit and do this. Definitely. You did feel yeah. that. Yeah. Especially having kids, right? Uh, the kids didn't come into it so much as much as it was to me like um like it helped me it helped me a lot man it helped me get the confidence that i could do stuff again Uh, what helped you starting the affiliate no no oh oh, oh, right 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 so that's where it was like okay we got to do this talking to my wife and saying hey this is something we got to do and we're going to pull the trigger on it yeah i had i have the military meaning you were in a bad spot like when you were sitting there for those two years you're feeling sorry for yourself you're kind of just like like fuck it i'll just let life pass me by Damn, I'd hate to say it like that, but yeah, sure. Yeah, I was in a rough spot. Yeah, my wife definitely helped me through a lot of those kind of dark times where you're just kind of sitting back, you know, leaning on the military retirement and playing a shitload of World of Warcraft and smoking dope. It's not the way to live. You know? Like like uh, marijuana. Yeah. Did you smoke it as a joint or in a bong? A bong. bong. A glass bong? Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh, I hear a noise. I think it's you fidgeting. <laughs> is it gone uh, now? Yeah. There's a, a glass fan. bong. I, I respect a glass bong. I respect a glass bong. <laughs> I don't smoke yeah. weed anymore, but I respect a glass bong. Did you, did you quit smoking weed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't do both, right? You can't work out and like. I don't know. Sam Dancer said he had Fuck It Friday and he's a pretty fit guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, <laughs> you probably can. Um, Isn't it weird that your wife, Um, isn't it kind of amazing she stayed with you? Like, I, I want to be with someone who inspires me. I think, I think, I think she saw the diamond in the rough kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, cause I wasn't, I don't want to say I was like moping around being depressed. I definitely had a smart guy. I was going to school and, you know, kind of still doing stuff. Um, but I wasn't where I am now. I wasn't having the same kind of motivation I have now. I wasn't as much of a go-getter, but before that in the military, I was, so I hadn't let go of that yet. It's not like I thought I wasn't going to be something someday. I just knew I had a setback and was sitting in there moping in my own pity and BS, you know? Right. And, and, and then, so, so when you start to, when you start doing CrossFit, so, so first you do the diet, mm-hmm. some CrossFitters tell you to do the diet. And then yep. that leads you to a video of Annie and that's when you do that. And that's literally, it's kind of funny. That's what I saw the nasty girls video that, that, that Annie and Nicole yeah. uh, were in. And that one, um, that one, I was like, huh, what the fuck is this? It's hard. Yeah. 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 But I thought the, exactly the same thing that you did. I thought, Oh, I'm going to go out. I just go out in the backyard and do this. I'm going to find some, something that's like rings and do this. Yeah, and I had a kettlebell, so there's a lot of cool stuff you could do there in the CrossFit Journal, man. Oh gosh, it had so it had everything. It, it still is. I mean, if you go back to 2004 stuff, it's still amazing information. Uh, I mean, dude, when I was getting ready for my L1, I I went to the very beginning of the first published journal article that I could find. I want to say it was a 2003 uh, or 2004 piece, and I read everything the CrossFit Journal put out from that date to current at 2012. Every video, every PDF, everything, multiple times. I still have the laptop that I downloaded all that stuff on. I downloaded it to the laptop so that if the internet went out, I could still pull them up and watch them because I knew it was something I was going to be doing. Caleb, could you pull up CrossFit.com? 
and and and, it, it, and let's look and see if we can find a link to the journal on the main site. It, if if this guy Don, who's the new new CEO, wants to do something better than um, anything that's happened in the last four four years, oh, they got a new website. Yeah, that was good. Uh, it's interesting that it starts with media, and yet they have no media department. Oh, they got a media tab, but no media. Wow. Guys, I can help man. you guys. Scroll. Let me see. Scroll. What is CrossFit? CrossFit affiliates. It's amazing to me that the that they own this. That they bought someone bought CrossFit something, and their greatest resource is cannot be found. Dude, the journal's That's worth that. Fucking mind boggling. And for those of you who don't know, I say with all humility, I've published more items in the CrossFit Journal than anyone else fucking alive. I, I believe you. I believe it. And, Bill, and Bill Starr's up there too, though. He's got a lot of stuff. He did who? back in the day. Bill who? Starr. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ton of stuff. Yeah, lots Greg, of stuff. Greg Glassman. Yeah, ton of ton of stuff. Obvi- obviously, Greg. So, so Caleb, it's not on there, right? There's no link on the main site to the CrossFit Journal. No, I had to search it, and then it gave me a link to a completely different website called journal.crossfit.com. Don, throw that link up there, and you're at the 50-yard line of being the greatest CEO CrossFit's had in the last six years. I swear to God. I mean it. I'm not even joking. It's that It's that easy. Are you pulling out the race to give him a chance? I, 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 I'm I definitely giving Don a chance. I'm definitely gotcha. giving Don a chance. I, I, I definitely, definitely, definitely give him a chance. I do. I just uh, – I have concerns that the people there who are working there don't know what they, the product. I mean, I've spoken ad nauseum about it, but they don't know what they're, it's like uh, the the example I always give is they think they bought the, uh, they think they bought Harley Davidson, but they, but they bought the hell's angels. And so they're still looking around for the motorcycle manufacturing plant, but there isn't one. That's not what CrossFit sells. It doesn't, doesn't make motorcycles. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a lifestyle. It's not a, and so like, I'm, I'm, I'm about to fucking wreck this guy. They had a president there, Jason Dunlop, right. and now he's moved to orange theory. Sure. And if you just look at the shit he wrote, it, I don't. Oh my God. I got time. Whoever that, hired him, it was like, dude, did you bring him in on purpose to destroy what CrossFit is? I mean, well, he talks can't. like words like global brands and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and it's just like, oh, I want to throw like, dude, this, we're about saving lives over here. What well, you heard are you talking about you and boss talked about it. So well, they're, one, they're selling them. CrossFit is a methodology, so it's information. So the ownership right. of it is not really ownable. Um, and all the information has been given away for free. Well, CrossFit didn't invent deadlifts. Right. Okay? right. But they, and Greg they, would well, be the first to have said that. Right. We all say yeah. that. No one's no one's. Yeah. Yeah, they pack they packaged it in a way that uh, made it digestible for the general population. That's what happened, and uh, and that's great. And then looking at the journal gave you a lot of the steps, which would be like how to get from A to Z. You needed all the alphabet in the middle uh, to help you get there, and that's what the journal was filling in. Um, where you had great coaches, like I was just saying, Bill Starr. Whether you want to talk about coaching uh information from chris Beeler back in the day where it was the coach's prep course where you're talking about chuck um talking about coaching or level one seminar stuff like that stuff's in there man if you really want to be a great coach it's already there it was it, you know if you had an l1 it was free for a year um and if and i was was it 20 bucks 25 bucks for a year if you i mean dude the information and still 95 percent of it was free we charged 20 bucks a month or something but it was still or for a year it was sure. so cheap but still 95 percent of the content was free that's what i thought was so cool Everything was there, man. 
And I, I would still say if you're going to start, try to be a CrossFit affiliate or you're trying to be a coach somewhere, you should be, you should have your eyes on that, um, that CrossFit journal for sure. It's got, it's, it, it, it has more than, you know, in there. You're approaching 10 years. No, we've been a 10 year affiliate. We're a 10 year affiliate. I've been, what? I've been doing CrossFit for almost 12 years, but oh. the affiliate's been open for 10. And, and what was your anniversary? Do you know the date for two, for 10 years? July. Oh man. Okay, so you something? so you just crossed over the ten year mark as an affiliate. Yeah. Who taught your L one when you went to your L one? Chuck. No shit. Oh. Yeah. No. Look, he. You know, CrossFit training just put something up two days about there, uh, two days ago with Chuck uh, Carswell as being the uh, spotlight trainer. I was he was there my L one. He was there my L two. My L two. Me and my wife went to together, and it was his three hundredth seminar. So that means three hundred weekends Chuck had been given out information you know what i mean so that's years of doing that right there and he and i, I wrote it they pinned the comment up that i that i put up in oh that's the one i'm one of the pinned comments in there too um i don't know if you could find me and i i mean i had i wrote it twice or, or real quick so there's some typos in there but um yeah man he the way i described it he's like a he's like a his presence is that of a father figure an experienced athlete and I said something else, but that's kind of his persona. So you feel like he will bring you up. I try not on social media. Chuck Carswell is not on social media either. Good for isn't him. That, yeah. Isn't that fascinating? You can't tag his ass. I love him, man. I, I, I got a chance to work with him uh, judging at multiple years at the Atlantic regional. Uh, and I just wanted to be around him and other of the similar. There you go. That's me. Chuck Carswell has been an inspiration mentor, role model for me, an affiliate owner, CF Level 3. His presence is that of a strong father, an accomplished athlete, and a wise mentor. And having him as the flow master for my L1 and L2 was a great experience, and I took every opportunity to learn from him. I worked with him as a judge at multiple regional events, and I volunteered for those events just for the chance to work with Chuck. Holy shit. And others on the seminar staff like him. Wow, I've never heard that, but that is the best reason right there. Let's circle back to that. That's the best reason to uh, volunteer as a judge. Oh, wait. Oh, can I read the rest? Sorry, Caleb. I think that might have Uh, been it, but – so that I could hopefully steal a cue or a nugget of the great oh, yeah. coaching knowledge he possesses. Thank you, Chuck, for being an amazing CrossFit coach for me to model after. Yeah, what a, I never heard that reason to be a judge at the games, but that's a fucking great reason to rub shoulders with like uh, Lisa Ray, Chuck Carswell, yes. uh, Eric, Eric O'Connell. Wow, Todd. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dude. what a great thing to do. You, you pretend you're going there for the people. games, but you're going there to meet seminar staff. Is it look, dude, and, and, and to hit on the judges train, which Hiller hits on more than anybody really needs to. Um, <laughs> right, right. Oh, He's making a living shit, doing it, man. dude. Let it go. <laughs> what but, would he uh, make? What would he make? I don't know. I don't know. He, but hey, he's doing good work. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, he's saying some things that need to be said. Another part of it was he takes it, the criticism good too. I yeah. w- people people give it to him. He takes it good. I give it to him. He takes it great. I respect him. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I wanted to be around him. Look, the, and, and just to give people uh, some behind the scenes on what judging's like, especially with the games just being over. And I know there's some events that people like to bash on the judges. I had even put a comment up um, for one of yours, and you'd read it talking about the uh, the bike event. And uh, how people are like, oh, the judges should be there or like telling them what else. And I was like, hey, no, look, there'll be some confusion if you're trying to find your judge uh, and you'll probably get the wrong thing. But just to see what it was like, man, like you're going back there and Chuck and them are telling you, like, if you screw this up, we'll pull you off the floor. 
you're not going to be a judge. If you can't do it, you can't handle that pressure. This isn't the place. Tell us now. You know, and they're very serious back there. They have a ton of seminar staff. They have a ton of like the majority are either affiliate owners, CFL three or CFL four. And I got put in my place as a CFL two. I say put in my place. I got checked pretty good by a female coach who was a CFL four, and I knew my stuff pretty well. This is at the event at the games Mm -hmm. this year. Yeah, no, 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 no. This is back in 2016, 17, that kind of stuff. Oh, I like this story already. Well, I go back and I'm like, we're just talking in, in, in the back. And this one female coach, uh, she was asking me about the like your energy pathways. And because we're just kind of chatting up coach talk. And I really was like, yeah, you know, I kind of hurt. I kind of understand it a little bit, you know, um, but I don't really understand the why. And she's like, look, you need to know the why uh, so that, you know, you can advance your program and keep going on like you're a good coach. You know, you know how to count reps. You know, you're doing all the right stuff. But she put me in check right there on the spot. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to be around people that knew their stuff so that I could check and see if I knew my stuff to the level that I wanted to, because I want to be a great coach. I mean, part of you know, my own personal goal is to be the most sought after strength and conditioning coach in the Southeast region of the United States. I might not hit that. Wow. Goal. Wow. I, I've said it a million times, man. And I'll say it every day just because you, know, you set yourself a goal and work towards it. And if I fall a little bit short, that's cool. Um, but, you know, have something that you can work towards to put yourself in those situations so that you can kind of try to rise to the occasion. And she really called me on my shit right there. And then I went back. I was like, you know what? I don't know enough, even if I was a CFL, two at that time. I'm very confident. I've been running affiliate. I was like, I don't know everything. Uh, and people so many times would regurgitate stuff they heard at the old one and as if they know it. But you got to know this stuff left, right, back and forth to where you could you could explain it to a drunk at a bar. If right. you really think you know your stuff, if you're trying to talk to a layman, because as a coach, you need to be able to pull that stuff up and give great modifications and be on the spot real quick. You can't be thumbing around thinking about it in a class. You got to know uh, and be real quick with it. But um, yeah, no, I wanted to be around people like that. I wanted to be around people that were on the seminar staff. And if you've ever been with Chuck or any of these guys, like they're so cool, they're so professional, they're so they can they can pump you up, they can bring you to a spot you didn't know you could be at, and then you're really being you're a part of it then. And I knew I wouldn't crack under pressure. I, this is where me and Hiller have a little bit of similarity. Like you can see a lot of movements and know if it's right and know if it's wrong. Something will catch your eye if it's a little bit off. So maybe take a little bit closer look at it. But I also knew I knew how to count double unders. I knew I wouldn't crack under pressure. I knew I didn't care who the person was. If it was a no rep, I was going to say no rep uh, in the moment on the spot and not care. Um, And, you know, in the affiliate for me, we have a we have a pretty high standard here. We we want unless you've got something wrong, you're squatting below parallel. If that doesn't, man, if that, it doesn't hit the middle of that wall ball target and people see it, they'll call no rep from the other side of the room, man. Like they want a high standard, and people respect and appreciate that. So when you can watch it, and you've been watching, and you're going to the regionals, and you're watching it online, and you're like, ooh, I don't know about that, and especially that time, not to beat Josh Bridges up, but I think you can remember the Invictus like fish lens kind of yep, debacle. Yep, 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 totally. Like you got to be ready for that stuff, um, you know, and be able to call it out and not let the popularity kind of get to you and keep the standard up for the same stuff reasons, you know, Hiller's talking about. If you don't have the mobility, uh, mobility and flexibility is going to be one of your uh, pillars of fitness you need to have. So maybe you don't got what it takes to be the fittest on earth because you don't got the mobility or flexibility. But um, so, yeah, man, I, I went to regionals, one, uh, Love judging, wanted to be a part of it. My wife was a volunteer in the backside of things, uh, working security and doing whatever they needed done. So we we wanted to be in the community in 100%. Is your wife a cop? No, 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 no. Uh, uh, She's just a CrossFitter, so she's totally 
uh, ready to do any kind of security work. <laughs> hey, was your wife in the military? No, no. Um, how, have you been at the same location your all ten years? Your affiliate? No, no. We bounced around for sure. We had to find the right spot. You know, first it was started five hundred square feet, tiny, tiny, tiny little crap building on Commercial Drive, and we quickly blew up out of that. Bought the it had. Imagine like a garage where it's got like three bays or four bays of garages that are all 500 square foot little small things. You maybe there's a cabinet shop in one and a upholstery shop right. in another one or something like that. So we just started buying all those units out and uh, cut the wall open. The landlord totally let us cut the wall out and put a door in there. And it was like one building, two building, three building uh, wow. all next to each other. Then, then we moved to another place that was way too big, like you know, 6,000 square feet. I was like, oh, we'll grow into it, which is a mistake. You should be – don't think about growing into something. Grow out of what you got and then, like, have to go get you a new shell. Don't try to grow into it. You know, you might buy okay. one you can shoot. That's just advice to anybody starting out. But uh, And so you moved out of that place. Yeah, moved out of that one. Then moved into another one. Um, this is what we call the Walmart gym because it was behind Walmart. But it was like, oh, dude, 10,000 square feet. Huge. We had – Another gym, another CrossFit gym had closed down at this time that opened up after us. So we took the, all their, well, half their members or whatever clicked up with us. And we're, I don't know, man, we might have been 150 strong then. It was a monster. We had three coaches plus me head coaching it. And it was a, a wild mess. And then, and then from there? Well, then, um, yeah, then kick some people out the gym. So there was some clicking up that happened and we had to cut some cancer out. And, uh, it kind What's of that look like. Tell me about that, man. Uh, I've embarrassed myself with, with some of that, like how I acted when I was younger. Um, you mean when you owned the gym, you made some bad decisions. Yeah. How I treated some people like thinking like, fuck you hit the road. Don't let the door hit you on the way out kind of stuff. And that's just not the way to work. Uh, burn bridges that I shouldn't have burned, said things that I probably shouldn't have said, not been as sweet as I could have been and just let my pride and my arrogance get in the way of relationships, which isn't what you want to do as a business owner. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah, no, like literally one of the guys who, you know, we, they were clicking up, they weren't like, they'd be like one group over here, one group over here and it isn't meshing well. And it was like from the old, from this old gym that is shut down. They like, it still had that vibe because we all had a little bit of beef, like this competitiveness from yeah. the CrossFit gyms being in a real small town. Yeah. And um, so it just wasn't like they weren't showing me the respect they were supposed to show. And that's their bad. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's some clicking up that happened. And then I kind of brought some of the people in. They were like the, you know, they're like the leaders of it. We sat down and had a one-on-one and it's just kind of like, Hey man, look, let's, let's not measure wieners right now because I own the gym. This is, this is, this is stupid to have like, you know, why are you here? You know, why do you pay for a coach if you're not going to listen and, you know, so you tried, problem? You it sounds like you tried to have a, a, a honest dialogue. You're just saying you fa- you failed at mediating it properly. Yeah. So I didn't know what to say. I didn't have the right words at the time. I didn't have the right persona, whatever it was that didn't let that relationship continue from there. I, I would say it's on my end of it. Um, you know, it's it crazy how you it. own that. It's crazy how you own that. Well, I'm okay. I'll tell, I'll tell you this one, man. This is yeah. for, for people that want to be leaders. The army's yeah. definition of leadership is the art of having people want to do what you want them to do. So yeah, like, no on that. You gotta, you gotta motivate people. That's like, like that word you want. The art. Of Say that again. Say it again. The definition of leadership is the art um, of being able to have people want to do what you want them to do. Okay. So 
By the way, that is why Dave Castro is such an amazing leader. Anyone who doesn't know Dave, it's fucking, oh, man. it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling what he will get you to want to do for him. Look, the th- there's things the military teaches you about leadership, man, that I don't know if it's as easy to learn at other places. Like just something like not eating before your soldiers. Um, you know, if you're in, if you're charged, you're a platoon sergeant, you're a squad leader, you're a team leader, whatever. Like having the Joes eat first. Um, that's part of it. Like you need to understand and respect like, hey, these are the nuts and bolts of things. This is the order of things. And this is one way I can not take from them and I can give to them something more. Um, so I'm going to ask these guys to put their life on the line. So I need to be in the front. You know, I need to be uh, saying what I say is what I mean. And uh, that I had great leaders that taught that, that that's how they led. That's how they taught me. So I just wanted to emulate what they're doing. I've been a copycat forever. I'm trying to copy Chris Beeler. I'm trying to copy Chuck. Yeah. Plagiarizing is a brilliant uh, attribute of great men. Hey, they told me at the L1 it was cool. They say, hey, take every cue you can from here, steal it, use it as your own, and I 100% did. And I'll I'll do it if I hear anything good. And I tell my people to go drop in at other boxes because – and you might hear something different. If you go drop in another person's box, you're wearing your Thomasville CrossFit T-shirt. You go in there. Hopefully, I've instilled some pride in you in our gym, and you want to go show show up and be like, hey, this is what I can do. So if you'd go in there with a good attitude like that, and I tell you, like, hey, it's good. It's good. Go listen to that coach. He or she might tell you something. And you go in there with the mentality like, hey, I'm, I'm an athlete. I'm coming in here to represent. You might be at a heightened percent, uh, a heightened uh, spots of like uh, perceive good information, right? So you might hear it differently or take it differently. And anybody that's coached anybody or any parent has uh, said one thing a hundred times to the one person and then somebody else says it the exact same thing. And for some reason it clicks, Yeah, right? It just kind of depends, man. And try to put yourself in those situations, but that's a spiel and a rant on leadership a little bit right there. So, so there was a, basically when the when when the other gym closed, you didn't capitalize on it as well as you should have. You should have used it as an opportunity to bring two communities together to flourish. And instead, there when you brought them together, you were, you didn't have the leadership skills to to massage it properly. Yeah, I, I messed something up in there. I didn't. Now I kept the majority of them, but I kind of came at it like my you wish way you could have done highway. better. Oh yeah. I, what's something I you would have done? What's something you would have done different? One of the guys that came back into the gym, even though he didn't, he he like I told him they couldn't come back, and he came back and dropped his bag off like he was hot shit, and I told him to get the fuck out of my gym. I don't. And think you just and, and you wish you wouldn't have talked to him like that. That's right. Yeah, his name's Zach. I'm sorry if you hear Zach. Yeah. You're a good dude. You know there was a guy, but um, the, the, I can only think of one person I ever fired at HQ. Um, and he was one of the best employees I ever had. And um, I mean, eventually they made me fire everyone, which, but this was the only guy I fired on my own. And uh, he was such a fucking hard worker, man. He was, f- man, he was a hard worker. But, um, and, 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 and almost everyone there was on the media team. It was crazy how hard they worked, but they were all different personalities. It was a shit ton to manage. There was a lot of self entitlement, there was a lot of prima donnas, but I didn't fucking care. Because they all work so hard and I just had to massage it. Each person had their own different process, right? Because you're with creative. So everyone has to is doing everything their own way. They need their own things and you can never do enough for them and you can never make them happy enough. But there was this one fucking guy and finally um, the other leaders and the other executives in the company are like, hey, you got to fire him. And I'm like, why? I'm getting so much great work out of him. And they go, because he's poisoning the well, meaning he was talking so much shit. And yeah, get, and turning people 
making people like when 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 um, you're hugging them that he's spreading rumor that you're really stabbing them in the back with the knife and it's like he was just he was he was out of his mind right. so eventually i told him when i fired him i said hey you're fucking amazing and i failed you as a leader and i'm sorry but like I don't, i'm not qualified to lead your ass yeah, get the fuck out and fly somewhere else maybe you're maybe you know but i felt horrible because and, and not that i like the guy He's a fucking world-class douchebag, but he was a fucking, he was one of the best filmmakers I've ever worked with. Hardest, most yeah. creative on time, did more than you asked, never was late. It was like, dude, that's all I need from him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not fucking him. Right. Right. I'm not having kids with him. <laughs> exactly. It's work. But, but I did fail him and it, and it was, it was, it was weird. I feel that I feel something similar Whenever I talk to my athletes, I'll say something along the lines of this. It's like it, it almost always is around food and when nutrition. When you say athletes, you mean just any client? Use those yes. synonymous? Okay, okay. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so members of my gym, clients, athletes, I mean, they, they fall right into the uh, definition of what an athlete is, just like CrossFit fits into the definition of sport. As long as you're somebody's watching it, there's entertainment and there's money involved, it's a sport. Um, so, oh, man, I lost my train of thought on that one a oh, little bit. Oh, oh. You were talking about we we're going to talk about this guy or okay. Uh, shit. I was saying about how I failed this mm-hmm. dude. I got you. Okay. So something I'll tell my members is like, I I lack the coaching skill to get you to do this this way. Something I'm saying, I'll kind of admit this to them. And I'll, I'll tell them like, this is my one of my hardest things to get across to you guys. The importance of it could be sleep, it could be nutrition. It's always the stuff that happens outside of the gym. Anything that happens inside of the walls, coach is in control of. I can work on your snatch technique. I can cue this, and we can modify and scale workouts to help you because I'm in control right there. But the ability to motivate someone to take those extra, the same kind of steps they take while they're inside of the gym is really hard to get them to want to do outside of the gym. So that's in a way similar to what you're talking about. It's like I lack this the ability to get them to want to do this this way. You know, does that make oh, sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can keep I can keep harping you about your squat here, but when you go home and you're eating a, a, a sandwich, peanut butter and jelly sandwich with a gallon of milk at midnight, like, right? I haven't figured out how to get you to that. Yeah, and that's a, that's a, that's a fault as a coach. Like but it's kind of cool. That that's kind of a good technique to tell them that, right? Like, hey, what what can I like? Hey, I I, I well, puts it on I'm, me. I'm, hey, I noticed you're still fat. I'm sorry, I'm failing you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna. I mean, you want everyone to fucking like get to their goals. I mean, yeah. that's your job, right? Yeah. Oh, 100 yeah. percent. Like, you got to take yeah. ownership in it and and be proud. Like, I'll say I'll say jokes all the time. Like. A guy, guy gets a muscle. We're working 30 muscle ups for time is the workout of the day. Uh, and there's sometimes jumping into the muscle up can help you um, with just that first kind of kipping swing into it. And it's just being in the right spot, right? Sometimes they're too far away and the swing is too far forward and their timing's off a little bit. So moving them forward into the right spot and then they nail it. I'm the yeah. kind of guy that cracks a joke. Like it, you're either a great athlete or I'm a great coach or both of them just happen. I don't know which one. And I'll walk off right. and everybody's laughing. We're all cracking jokes and stuff like that. I try to right. take what you can get on those and then take the ownership of when it ain't working there. Like, Hey, well, you know what, man, I, I didn't say the right thing today. You know, I, I made this video of my mom. My, my mom has zero athletic background. Zero. She, uh, she, I introduced her to CrossFit. I think when she was 68, I think she's 78 now, but somewhere in there, like, 
maybe when she's 70, I, she signed up for a competition at her gym and I couldn't fucking believe it. I'm like, what the fuck is this lady doing? Nice. And, and I go to the gym and it's her and, you know, 200 Filipino people. She belonged to this gym. It was just all Filipinos and my uh-huh. mom, like all young, like beautiful Filipino people, young, perfect skin. Like, sure. And my mom, old Armenian lady. And my, and my mom was like part of the family there. So she's there and the workout in the, in the competition, there was a pistol. Uh-huh. My mom has can barely has no business, you know, no business doing pistols. And in the heat of the competition, and because she'd been going there two years, this seventy year old lady did a fucking pistol, and I filmed it. I made a piece for CrossFit, and it it, it might be one of the most craziest things I've ever seen in the history of CrossFit. Crazier than anything I've ever even seen at the games. It's like, Ooh. holy shit! This my mom just did a pistol. Well, you know that's why we like just went. She was just doing candlesticks, but then she came up once. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. People don't this this game It was crazy. This game showcased uh showcased the gymnastics and the high skill stuff a little bit better, how you should be thinking outside of the box. Candlesticks are hard. I bet you most crossfitters don't practice them. They need to. Mm-hmm. Well, all athletes need to practice candlesticks. Yeah, they fit in your warm-up real good too. So it's not too yeah. bad. Negatives. And and if you don't do a lot of them, you get a good uh a core workout too. Your core will be sore. Oh, hollow rocks, dude. Yeah. It'll wreck you. Yeah. It'll mess you up, but that's why we compete, you know, because you're going, you can rise to the occasion. Uh, part, why, why our partner was so cool, but because you'll work harder for somebody else than you will for yourself. It's like one of those things like, yeah, you can talk shit about me, but you say something about my kids and we're going to wreck you. Right. Right. Um, right, right. You know, so it's, it's that, you know, sometimes you're at 80% and that's why having a training partner is so good because both of you could be riding at 60%. Like we were both like, ah, and if it was just if it's a little too cold, I wouldn't go by myself. But what you don't want to do is call your bro and tell him you don't want to come. You don't even want to go that far into it. So you just kind of don't text each other at the normal time. You know, like, fuck. All right. I guess we're going. You know what I mean? Because you didn't want to go. He didn't want to go. But more than that, neither one of you want to be the one that said, I don't want to go. Right. But that's it. Right? That's the team part of it. That's the community. That's the affiliate. You're going to get outside of your box. You're going to try something new because if you don't, you have to, you have to look at yourself a little bit there and say, I'm not doing this. I'm not participating. And it's different here in the regular world versus the military where the military, you have to do what you're told. Okay. Now, Hey, you're paying for it. You know, you're, you're, you're paying me money to come here to listen to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Spend your time, be a part of the team. Uh, And if you don't, it depends on what kind of culture you've developed in your gym. And in this gym, Ooh, people will give themselves, give each other a hard time. You'll be on the bad end of a text group. <laughs> you know what you, I mean? You, uh, you, you mean at, at Thomasville CrossFit? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I went to um, watch my wife work out many years ago and the, they, she was doing a partner workout. And I, right before the workout started, I heard her partner say, you know, we don't need to count our reps. And I was fucking for like a month. I hated that girl. Like you like you know what I mean? Like she wanted to she she was she was looking for a way out to take and I know this girl's awesome. I love this girl, but she wanted to take the pressure off of them. And I was like, no, that's part of the fucking workout. Yeah. To feel that fucking pressure to know that, you know, if you I, want I, I was experience, like, yeah. If you want to experience the things that all these motivational like motivational speakers, maybe, but the thing that the great athletes are experiencing then you got to put yourself in front of the fire. You got to put yourself to the test or you don't really get to experience what it's like. Cause that pressure is not there for you. Because if I don't count all the reps, it doesn't matter. I, that person doesn't know what it's like. And then the, the worst part of it is, is you don't have data to measure yourself on. 
So it's, it's, it's your perception of your fitness now. It's like, oh, was that a good workout? I don't know. Am I sweaty? I guess. Or it should be, what's my time? What's the load? And is it better, the same, or worse than it was before? You know? I've never felt bad about my score oh, I when, I, w- when, when I tried my hardest. Well, maybe I'm not as competitive as you. But I did that workout the other day again uh, that uh, Olivia Kerstetter did, the 16-year-old girl or 17-year-old girl. the snatches? Girl. Yeah. And I, I was – I was so pr- I was so fucking proud of myself. Well, I let was, me. I was like, you should I, be. Yeah, I was so fucking. Not proud about of your myself. technique, but the fact that you did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or my score. Or my so, score. But but I was so pr- I ne- I like never maybe in the moment for a split second I was like God this is embarrassing. But for the rest of the day, the week, month, I'm still guy. telling you I'm like yeah. fuck I'm the shit. Yeah, I look at anyone at Starbucks and be like, you try that. Fuck not. You know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. I totally get that. And look, as we, as we've been in the game a little bit longer, do goals need to change? Sure. So it's about growing up. It's uh, in in sports. um, Anything that has like a meritocracy associated with it. Like it's, it's your score. It's real. Meritocracy. That means like you get what you deserve. That's the way to say it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. You earned it. You earn it. You put it, you put in the work, you get it. You yeah. You're mer- the work. You don't get it. Yeah. It's a, it'd just be a form where merit is the, is at the core. So uh, that is like what you do, what you're capable of, what you've earned. Um, why do you keep, um, I, I'm assuming you're, you're an active affiliate. You pay uh, meritocracy, a system organization or society in which people are chosen chosen and moved into positions of success, power and influence on the basis of their demonstrated abilities. Sure. So the opposite Sounds of woke, good. opposite of woke. Um, um, what do you pay your affiliate dues? Yeah. And, and, and why do you do that? Why do you continue your 10 year affiliate? Why not just switch your name to, um, uh, uh, Nicholas, Nicholas fit, Nicholas sellers fit, seller fit. It don't roll off the tongue as well, but you already know you've talked to it with all these affiliates. Um, it's, it's, you're paying your dues. It's a, it's a tribute. Uh, it's a, was it tithing, right? Yeah. Tithing to the CrossFit yeah. community. Yeah, that's what it is. I don't, oh man, I don't want to sound too arrogant. CrossFit, it will definitely teach me new things because I will rewatch something, and because I'm a different person now, I've got ten years ten year affiliate. I will hear it differently and see it differently and take something different from it. So yeah, sure, I'm still going to be learning from the CrossFit Journal, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm going to be learning something for sure. So that part of it's great, but I don't. I don't have, I probably don't have to continue and continue it as a CFL through to, to, to continue to be able to do what I do, which is help people become more fit. Um, so in that regard, I don't need CrossFit and everybody's going to come in here from word of mouth. They're not CrossFit isn't referring them to me. Um, and, and it's probably just as much people that are like, Oh, this is a CrossFit gym. I'm going to go there that say, Oh, this is a CrossFit gym. I ain't going there. Um, so it's, it's not the, even the name you're buying. It's just like, Hey, this was something that was a big deal for me and I owe them and I'm, I'm part of the team and this is what it takes to be part of the team. These are your dues, you know? So you pay your dues. You've been around a long time. Let me throw some things out there that are kind of cool about CrossFit that, that that maybe people, uh, uh, and you tell me maybe if you agree or don't disagree, uh, we squat below parallel. Yes. It's cool, right? Well, you want to squat below parallel for multiple reasons, and every coach needs to know this. We're talking about the health of your knee. Now, yes, there's going to be a very, very small percentage of the population who, because of anatomy, cannot squat below parallel, but that's the exception to the rule, and you don't have 10 people in your gym that are exceptions to the rule. 
Okay. And, and so, there was a time before CrossFit where people, it was taught the opposite. Don't squat below parallel, even though there were billions of Chinese and Indian and Middle Eastern men who sat in the uh, ass to grass yes. uh, half, half the day. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's with um, no knee problems. If you, yeah, for sure. I, I, I mean, you should be in the bottom of the squat. We, I mean, we're, we're so old school. We will test you and try to do 10 minutes in the bottom of the squat. Just straight Kelly store at the ready state, sit there for 10 minutes and collect that in the day. You know, some of the people, with the, so, go sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say that some of the best squatters in my gym, it's just funny. You say like Indians, like, man, I've got, you know, half a dozen in there and they all squat ass grass sitting on their ankles. Like it's what they're supposed to do. Um, uh, the elderly people, 70 years old, deadlifting cross. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, plenty of 55 plus athletes in my gym that, um, you know, one would come to mind, I think like two seventy fives on deadlifts. Wow. Little, little old ladies. Wow. I shouldn't even say it like that. Cause they're going to be like, oh. He just called me a little old lady. I I, I deadlift two seventy five. I'm gonna jack Nick up today, and they're probably um, and ahead of does, me on the leaderboard. And and here's the thing: it doesn't even have to be a lot. It's the same with like um uh uh you have a a sixty year old client who can um clean uh a med ball, a twenty pound med ball. 20 times in a row and you have a capable human being who can grab their grandchild and carry him out of a burning building. Oh, look, that's CrossFit. Uh, Cro- right? Chris Spieler. Oh dude, I'm a, we're a hundred percent on the Y right there. Chris Spieler, not long ago, maybe this is a week ago. He put up a post uh, about CrossFit and scaling and modifying. And he does this a lot on his Instagram, but he talked about the Y of, and he puts all these, like he's, he's mountain biking and he's getting out there and snowboarding. And that's the why uh, we do CrossFit because we want to take in life to its fullest. This is a story I told the gym just the other day, a couple weeks back or whatever, around that same time. It was about the why we CrossFit. Uh, and we put, at our gym, we put up a recipe of the week and usually an article of the week. And it was the what is CrossFit one way back in the day one. Like you just got to go back to the roots sometime and bring it in. So I told the story about my four-year-old son. He's climbing up on the walls upside down, basically doing a wall walk calls me and he's like, dad, dad, you know, Chuck, come look at what I can do. And he's upside down in his room. I'm like, Oh, that's great, man. Cool. He's like, come on, let's see, you know, get up here with me. So I'm wall walking up the wall. We're both there. I'm one hand on the wall, I'm pushing him off the wall. He's like, no, he tries to push me off the wall. We're having a lot of fun All right? in that moment. Go back. I'm like, Hey, you think that's cool? Come watch this. So we go out into the living room and I just handstand walk in and I'm standing on my hands, freestanding handstand. Like, Hey, what's up, man? And he's just like, he thinks it's the coolest thing. I might as well have had a cape on. Uh, might as well have been a superhero. Thor would have had to crash down through the roof to steal any of my thunder in that moment. And that's why we CrossFit. So I could take that moment in with my son to whatever capacity I have. Right. And right. yeah, man. And that's, that's why we're doing it. We want to be able to take life in for what it has to offer and drink that joker dry. You know, that's why you're CrossFit. And so my point of all of that is that, I guess when you pay your tithing, the the one thing you don't want, and I'm totally stealing this from Craig Howard over Diablo CrossFit. Mm-hmm. The one thing you don't want is you just don't want HQ to mess that up. You don't want them to be like, hey, we 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 all of a sudden the L one's not t- is saying don't go below parallel. All of a sudden the L one is saying, uh, hey, uh, you should never go upside down. Like basically, what you want them to do is you want them and I'm putting words in your mouth. I'd like to hear what you think, but don't just don't mess anything up and we'll continue to, we'll continue to pay the tithing. But if you do mess something up, meaning 
you 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 change it so much that if if you if you make the snowman out of rocks and he's no longer made out of snow, it's like, well, I'm I, I'm here for the snowman. Right. Like you've changed it too much, right? Well, I think there has to be uh, a protection of these core elements, whatever they are. I choose squatting below parallel and old people lifting up um, objects off the ground. Well, what is elite, Savon? What's the word mean? Yeah, that, that's what we're talking about a little, a little bit there. When you say don't, that's the don't brand value, right? The brand value is is like, hey, my mom's seventy and she can do a pistol. Fuck you, and that's why she can wear the CrossFit shirt. And I think that does also have to be protected. Yeah, I think that's the my mom. My mom likes it that she's the only old lady at her book club that does CrossFit, that's and ever, all the other. Even when my mom knows it's not a big deal, the other old ladies are like, "Oh my god!" My mom's like, "You could." I agree. Yeah, yeah, right? no, I, I, dude, we're we're hundred percent agreeance with this right here. Uh, and it, maybe the bar's just been set too low in Western culture. Maybe yeah. we got it too good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. It's like I said, I the worst person, the least fit person at Thomasville CrossFit is is in the one percent of one percent of one percent in the united states of fitness i tell people that all the time they'll be like, it's crazy i, 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 it's I scored crazy. in the i scored in the 30th percentile in the open or 50th percentile in the open i'm like how's it feel to be a one percenter yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? because you're crushing everyone else like ugh, man i, I mean, don't think 50 percent of the u.s can i don't think i don't think 75 percent of the u.s can do one pull-up oh yeah i'm with you if i had to oh yeah for sure and, oh, and, if, and if you can do two, now you're like fucking really. And like every Tom, Dick and Harry at, you know, at the CrossFit gym has got some, somewhere between five and, and, and 30 strict pull-ups. And it's like, holy shit, you're with some really fit fucking people. Oh yeah. Uh, like here's what one of my goals for the gym is. This is kind of how I, I, th I think about it. I want my athletes, for, let's say 80% of my athletes to be able to have, let's say they would have been in the running in the 2008 CrossFit games. Like make that a goal for your gym. What does that mean? Yeah. You got you got to muscle yeah. up. That's awesome. That is awesome. I've never heard that. Yeah. So just shoot for that because it's amazing. Like you, I remember Annie's first pull up. Annie Thor's daughter, not first pull up, first muscle up. I remember yeah. it, them working through it in the open. That's yeah. you know ten years ago, but um, like that's the that was like the fittest woman in the earth on earth right then. Dude, 2010, that's awesome. You said 2007, I could do all the workouts. 2008, I could do all the workouts. 2009, I could do all the workouts. And something happened in 2010. I can't remember what it was, but I think there was a heavy deadlift or something. And I was like, oh, fuck, I can't do the games anymore. But up in, you're right. You're totally right to 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 take a few days and, and work through the 2008 CrossFit Games or to make that your goal as being able to do that. Like, yeah, are you as strong as Jason Kalipa was when he when he won the CrossFit yeah. Games? Yeah, everyone should be able. I think that's a great fucking what a great goal. Yeah, try to be a decade ago CrossFit Games athlete, and you're yeah. you're you're a million miles away yeah. from where they are now. Still, and that's totally achievable. It's doable. It's, doable. it's totally achievable. I got people in my gym. I I bet I bet anything you want to bet on that if you could take pluck them out right now and put them in the CrossFit Games in 2008, they'd beat the brakes off some of those guys, dude. That's fucking And they work brilliant. out one hour a day. That's you know? brilliant. Uh, so, so, so you don't have any, you, you're happy to pay. You're, you're really happy. You're happy to pay. Um, do, do you think, how about the hard times? How about during COVID or during um, uh, the, the transition of, Gre of Greg leaving? Did you ever have um, thoughts of jumping, jumping ship? I had more disdain from the people that were already jumping ship. I was right. more like flipping them off as they jumped out the door. Right. Like, um, hey, now shit's hard. We should stick to get. We should pull together, not let go. When you say or, something like 
Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. That's what he said. But when you say something earlier, it was like um, CrossFit don't mess it up. Yeah. Whenever the black box thing, the black square or whatever came out, you remember that? Uh, July 2nd, 2020. You the George it? Floyd thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I go straight to those. Anyone I have on the show, I go straight to that date. And I look to see that's how I, I like 50% of your character. I judge off right there. Okay. So right. Here's and I'm open to being wrong, but I, but I'm, I'm telling you, I judge the fuck out of you. This is a, uh, this is a story how we did it with the gym. Cause everybody's putting something up. And if you were, you were damned, if you did and damned, if you didn't twice. Right. Uh, and that's kind of where CrossFit got put in a little hard spot in my opinion. But uh, what I did with the gym, we didn't put anything up and here's why I addressed the gym in person. And I told them that we're not putting up something or and because it's not like the gym and the affiliate is a mixture of a lot of people and I'm the head of it. So my opinions are my opinions. They, if I put it out there, then that is it like, that's the opinion of the affiliate, but the affiliate is made up of a hundred people who all have different opinions. So I can't put myself in that position to speak on behalf of these people or represent them in that way, because that might not be how they feel. I'm not trying to alienate potentially half of the gym. It's none of my business. And this isn't what we do. We're a fitness, we're a gym, you're different, you're different, you like this, you don't like that, and that's, this isn't the place for that, and that's not a platform for it. Our Instagram, our stuff is a place for us to showcase our athletes and how cool they are and the awesome stuff that they got. It's not a place to put political comments on there, and CrossFit should not have taken a stance on that, just like they shouldn't have taken a stance on the Ukraine situation and not letting, uh, was it Roman, have his flag uh, out there. He has no no input to Putin about any, you know, Putin ain't calling him talk about war. Right, and this guy right. was denied his, uh, t- the ability to showcase his love and respect for his country, which is a bunch of people. Right. Know? So right. that's where CrossFit's putting its, putting its, you know, f- stepping in it, you know, uh, that in my opinion, just stay out of that, stay into fitness, stay what you know. No one really cares about what your political point of view is, you know? There is uh, there is kind of a blurred line because you would um, possibly um, if if um, let's say if one of your uh, I don't know a, a natural disaster came and damaged one of your uh, clients' um, uh, homes, you might post something. Hey guys, on Saturday we're going over to so and so's house to help them move all their shit from one place to another. If you want to show up, come. I might post something about it, but I probably talk about it in the gym and do an email because for me, it's uh, okay. just me. Right. But I don't want to put it on social media. Like I'm like, Hey, look at me help. Ah, okay. I got okay. a place for that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. A lot of people want me to talk about stuff. Um, that, so a, a lot of gyms, I'll just, I, and I learned this from uh, Greg, a lot of people used to gyms would email and be like, so-and-so died at our gym. Can you make a post? So-and-so, so-and-so. And every day there was someone who died at a gym, right? They were hit by a car. They were shot in a drive-by. They fucking died at war. You know, there's just fucking 15,000 gyms. Someone's always getting some bad shit happened to them. Yeah. And Greg's like, Hey, we're not doing that. And yeah. someone goes, why? And he goes, cause th- we're a fitness site. We're going to turn into a fucking obituary column. Yeah. If someone wants to start CrossFit obituary, I'll support it, <laughs> but it's not fucking main site. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I'm, I always kind of, I always kind of like that. Like, yeah, there's only, um, there, like you, you, it's, it's not that you're against it, but like, Hey, this isn't the right, uh, if someone told me he works right on cars, you if you see your mechanic with a hammer, switch mechanics. Like like like, there's nowhere <laughs> under the hood where you should have the hammer. Depends on the type of hammer, but sure. Did you ever use a hammer on your Trans Am? Yeah, I used what sand, 
sand, sand hammer to uh, get some of the sand hammers was softer uh-huh. and to help help bump out some of the dents. What happened to your Trans Am? I threw a rod in it, blew it up, basically and- just hauling ass, put nitrous in it, had the whole thing going fast as I could get it. Small block 400, all the cool stuff, just basically spinning tires all day. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. You got, you got to, you got to drive fast to get up to Vancouver, Canada, uh, from Fort Lewis, Washington in a couple hours. <laughs> what, what are you driving now? Uh, Chevy Silverado, old white pickup truck. Wow. Yeah. Wow, keeping it real. Yeah. Uh, any, anything, but, uh, but before we part ways, anything you want to add? Man, uh, sure. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story. Um, well, I guess two two little things. One, Please. happy happy birthday, Manal. She t- made me uh, say that I would tell her happy birthday. Awesome. And, who, uh, who who is that? Is that your wife? No, Manal Patel Fine. is one of my is one of the members who happens to be our birthday today. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Indian lady. That's right. Yeah, Patel. Yeah. I know. I know some Patelas. Patel. Yeah. Patel. Patels. Patel um, is the thing in your knee, right? Yeah. So I'll tell the the deadlift story uh, with my wife. And this is what helped get me to a 400 pound deadlift, which is, you know, not anything crazy, but crazy. It's crazy. How much did you weigh? How much did you weigh at the time? Probably about 50. 155. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely under 170. Uh, I might, I don't know exactly what the comparison was for me and my wife's weight, but, um, so I remember in the gym, like we're doing deadlifts or whatever. And this is when my wife got up to about 315 in the deadlift. And I think about this time, uh, I'm deadlifting like 335, 345 or something like that, whatever it made to match with the plate. So it must've been 335 just to put a couple extra tens on there. Um, and I remember when she deadlifted 315, like everybody's around the gym or maybe it's three or five, whatever it was, it was over 300 and I wasn't too far ahead of it, you know? So then and she, she lifts it, drops it from the top, looks at me is like, now go make me a sandwich. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody, the, yeah, I swear to you, man. So Everybody, the gym, all that kind of stuff right there, dude. I did lift it twice a week for like six months to get over four or five. I'm like, no that way. is awesome. No yeah, no, she's a superstar. She's beat me, and um, I don't know. Like, I had to get my wife pregnant twice to beat her in the open. Right? <laughs> and I tell, yeah, that's us uh, right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm judging. That's like 2017, I want to say. And oh, that's, that's her crazy. and the volunteer stuff. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, I'll tell you a, a Noah Olson story. You guys are big fans of him. Please. Uh, and this is because in the beginning, it does seem like he got a bad rap for it, uh, for, for for whatever reason, just being misread. So I'm judging at regionals, and um, he's over there eating some Chick-fil-A and just kind of by himself. He's super young. But uh, one of my athletes who was there um, – Connor, he had loved, he loved him. You know, he was definitely was his role model kind of stuff. So he gives me a hat. He's like, Hey, will you go get, um, Noah to, will you get, get, uh, this autograph? And I'm like, Oh man, I really don't want to kind of cross that line. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, I'll tell you what, if an opportunity comes up, I'll do it. And he's like, you know, that'd be great. a member, one of your members asked you. Yep. That's okay. right. Okay. So I bring the hat to Noah. He's sitting there eating some Chick-fil-A or whatever. And, uh, I'm like, Hey man, I got a, uh, sorry to interrupt you. I know you don't have a lot of time. Um, and I don't even have my judge's shirt on when you're outside of the judging area, they want you to be covered up. They don't want you to have your judge's shirt on or anything. So people just think you're regular Joe. And, uh, so he probably just thought I was somebody. 
And I'm like, hey, one of my athletes loves you. He thinks you're the best thing since sliced bread. He uh, would love you to if you could sign this. He's like, yeah, sure, man. I had the marker and the pen and all that stuff. He signed. He's like, what's his name? It's like, it's Connor. You know, he's like, all right, hey, Connor, whatever. And uh, gives it to me. I make sure it gets to Connor. And he, uh, they go about doing whatever. Now, after all stuff said and done, there's some athletes that are hanging out, taking pictures and stuff. And I'm like, hey, man, he was really approachable. You should go up and say something to him. Go say hi. Go introduce yourself. And he had that hat on, and uh, or he was holding it or something like that. But when Connor walked up to him, Noah remembered who that that little senior's like. Oh, you must be Connor. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. So that kid from there, he went and qualified top 200 at the, for the teen division, like the 16 year olds that next year. Um, and qualified top 200, made it to his little online regional for teens, uh, and then became a CFL two coach here at the gym. Has helped multiple people get under, uh, like lose a hundred pounds. So that wow. one little thing that Noah did carried this guy a pretty long way. You know, wow. And he does he attributes it to that. Well, I just know it had a part in it. Right, right. That's yeah, I know that kind awesome. of motivated him. It had a part in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Noah, Noah is a, a really cool Noah is a really good dude. Super sweet. Super sweet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are some of the kind of, <laughs> Oh, David Foster. He's oh cool. He's up at a uh, flowery branch, Georgia up at there. Max Kane CrossFit. I took, uh, I think I took my, you saw two there. Oh, that's cool. David. Thank you. You're awesome. Thank you. Okay. Sorry. Uh, back to Noah. Oh yeah. So that's kind of, that was one of, that's the, that's the story I got with, uh, with Noah. Yeah. He's a great dude. And I, I I hear you guys tell stories and stuff about him to try to convince people how awesome he is. And there's another one to help. It's cool talking to someone like you who's been in the community for 10 years. You've seen so much. You have so many stories. You know so many people. It's crazy. Yeah, I've loved it. I don't I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want it to stop. I have a lot of fun. It's just about, you know, how do we keep things going forward and how do we grow it? How do we make more influence in our town? Because people need it. You know, there's a, there's more diabetes centers and uh, dialysis centers that are popping up than CrossFit's. And that's probably not what you need. No, no. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Someone, uh, uh, Kat Schreer said, share, 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 share said in the comments that the, she's one of the um, hosts of the Clydesdale podcast. She said, do you ever have anyone on who didn't um, any affiliate owners who didn't serve? I'm, it's funny. I don't even, I didn't even, I don't even know how you, I don't even know how people pop up on my radar. Like when I, the yesterday, when I'm preparing for the podcast, there was something obviously that caught my attention about you. I, I couldn't, I can't remember what it was. I didn't write it down, well, but um, it, I, I don't choose anyone based on whether they were in the military or not in the military. I'm just like, I I'm really a kind of a coincidence guy. I just kind of feel around. And if something feels right, I just do it. Well, did you had, you were on a podcast, you were doing one of your shows. And at the end of it, you talked about your idea. And when I heard it, I mean, I, was, I wasn't listening to it live. I might've been like 30 minutes behind or something like that. I immediately sent you a message on Instagram saying, Hey, this is my affiliate. It's in a small town. There's about 45,000 people inside of Thomasville. I'm a CFL three. I've been around for 10 years, judged at regionals, have athletes that are at the, uh, like the sanctional levels and things like that at the gym. And, um, I might fit that criteria. Uh, I was told you I was a, a veteran and uh, that I would be an open book. And you and Sousa reached out to me an hour later, if that, and we're like, Hey, look, that'd be cool. Uh, we'd love that's, to have you on that kind of stuff. That's funny too, because that must've been my old account. Cause I, I went back to look at, to see, excuse me, to see if we, if we had any um, conversation okay. and I and I can't find any conversation. Mm. 
because because I got kicked off. That account got kicked off of Instagram. I and know. So, and so that's funny. So t- so I'm like, well, shit. I guess I kind of going in on this dark. I d- I don't remember why. But you know what else? Something else must have got my attention about you too, because we've received hundreds. If it, and I, I we may have even received a thousand. We were we were kind of overwhelmed by how many affiliates wanted to participate. So something else. I'm guessing there was something else I saw somewhere. But yeah. anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we got to meet. I'm glad we have each other's phone numbers now. You're Ooh. a fucking cool dude. Oh, man, I appreciate that. Thanks, man. You're pretty cool yourself. And uh, stay in touch, and and maybe one day our, our paths will cross again if there's ever anything I can do for you. Shoot out to me. Thanks oh, for your honesty. Yes, go. Do it. Yeah, one more thing uh, that I think you'll like. Um, I think it's the, Dustin. Hey, that's my guy. Um, so this is just something, a little side thing that I think you'd like is pretty cool. Thank you. Thanks. pretty cool. Um, big into arm wrestling, right? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Cleve Dean, you know the wow. name? Wow, yes. Okay, so small town here. Pavro, Georgia is the town right next to it. His great grand nephews uh, work out here. No shit. Yeah, yeah. 10 years old, their hands are bigger than mine. Um, fascinating. So, um, for those of you who don't know, there was a point in time when Cleve Dean was the greatest arm wrestler in the world, and there was a man named John Brzezink who ended up sort of taking that throne from him. You can David watch versus movie. Goliath too. Yeah, and so I went out to film with Cleve Dean there. What was the name of the town? That was the town I went to with the P. Pavo, Georgia. Pavo, Georgia. Yes, I went out there to film with him, and I hung out there for a couple days. You still know trailer park, right? Right. Like trailer rentals or something like that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he moved. He moved those like the mobile homes around for people to go. live in. Yeah, and, and which was fascinating to me because we I, like I'd never seen that shit coming from uh, rural uh, uh, or suburbia uh, California. Yeah, there he is. There's Cleve. Yep, dude, his hands. So um, we. We ended up uh, going to a Waffle House. I'd never even heard of a Waffle House, and we went to a Waffle House together. And all the items on there, it was me and the, the filmmaker I was with, who was my girlfriend at the time, and Cleve Dean. And he takes up a whole bench on one side. I think he was over 500 pounds. And we're on the other side, and we order the food, and he offers to pay. And I said, I'll pay. And he says, no, I'll pay. And I said, no, I'll pay. And the items there, the most expensive item that any of us ordered was like $1.99, like for yeah. the entire breakfast. It was so cheap. It was crazy. Well, seven bucks, you can get 1,000 calories, no problem. And I go up to pay, and it was like $52. This is I, in 2003 or something. I'm like, $52 or whatever it was. And I'm like, okay. And I just pay. I don't ask any questions. And the lady comes out with two huge bags, each full of those uh, clamshells full of breakfast, like 10 breakfasts in each. Yeah, I believe it. And he goes, and I'll, and she goes, here you go. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I quickly put it together. This dude's not done eating. And we hung out with him. We hung out with him for the rest of the day. And he just, he, he just ate all day. Damn. He I just did like, that was his thing that like he, and that's why he wanted to pay, but it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty impressive. And I haven't been back to a waffle house since not that I'm against it. I just, we don't have them in California. It's hard to one so. up that experience anyway. Why go back? <laughs> right. 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 Uh, uh, I'm curious if his, um, kid, if his kids will get, are they twins? These two? Yes. They're twins. Wow. Yeah, same That's age, awesome. gentle giants, not identical twins, but same age, sweetest little boys, but they are monsters. They're wow. Huge. Yeah, he was tall too. They're big boys. They're yeah. big boys. They're like ten, maybe eleven, and they're bigger than the twelve year olds and stuff like that. Yeah, they're big boys. I um, 
I'm going to see somewhere I have some shirts that I made with Cleve's hand on them. If I can find them, I'll, I'll, I'll send them to you. All right. Well, you send me one of those and I'll send you a Thomas from CrossFit shirt. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dustin, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Nick is the best. Thanks for hosting him. Incredible man with an incredible story. Awesome, dude. Uh, thanks for all your support, by the way, uh, for just even coming on the show, Nick. So I appreciate it. I had a blast, man. I'm a huge fan of your show, so I'm honored to be here. Cool. Uh, stay in touch. Will do, man. Have a great day. Yep. Bye-bye. Hola. Hey, I found those shirts. The Cleve Dean shirts? Yeah. Yeah. Like on, on some sort of site where we're selling them? What's the site? Yes. Where it, what is that site? Um, cafepress.com. I wonder where that money goes if anyone ever buys those. I don't know. I'm surprised that I even found them at all. I can't believe Cafe Press is still around. I should check my account there. They haven't sent me shit in fucking 20 years. Cafe Press. Rush order tees? Is that what it? Oh, cafepress.com. The shirts even have a, a pulling John link on them. Wow. Sign in. Email. Oh, I, uh, I probably forgot. I, I Fuck, I probably don't even know my account. I bet you I had a Hotmail account when I made this. Okay, I'm going to have to figure that out. All right. Thank you. Great show. Cool dude. Could have just listened to him talk about the, the I had a million more questions about fucking the bombing at the chow hall. Yeah, that was nuts. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. I was out for a little bit. Uh, tomorrow's Friday. Indeed. Okay, so we have the uh, uh, UFC show tomorrow. Are you going to be on that? 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time? Yeah, as long as our power doesn't go out. Oi, oi, oi. Has that been today? I is that scary? No, but it's it's more annoying than anything because we have to use alternative free like refrigerators and stuff for stuff for like uh, hearts and livers and transplant. <laughs> no, organs? just just like uh, lab supplies and stuff like that. Uh, my son just whispered to my wife. Can you please cut all our hair off while Heidi is doing the podcast? Heidi is father in Armenian. I'm forcing my boys to grow their hair long. Maybe I, maybe that's that's the sign. Time to cut their hair. Uh, Taylor Self just texted me. Yo, uh, dude, I'm doing a podcast. Blow me. Okay. Uh, thanks, everyone, for checking in. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. I have to pee or else I'd talk to Caleb for another five minutes. Bye. <laughs>